If you travel, you know how to really go off the grid. Like no cell service in your room, off the grid. You know which remote retreats have the best herbal baths, sound baths, and ice baths. Because when you set up your out-of-office, you mean it. Because when you're the escape artist, vacation is all about resting, meditating, drinking water, and minding your own businessing. The Delta Sky Miles Platinum American Express card. If you travel, you know. Learn more at go.amex slash you know. When you're constantly on the move, it's not just pits that break a sweat. From your armpits to your thighs and everywhere in between, new whole body deodorant cream and sticks from Shea Moisture are your secret weapon to staying fresh and confident all day long. Made from melanin-rich skin and packed with plant-based goodness, embrace a new era of freshness with whole body and stick deodorants from Shea Moisture. Find them at your nearest Walmart and walmart.com. And when you do, your whole body's covered. This week's episode of The Friend Zone is brought to you by Form. The days of not knowing what to buy, where to get it, and how to use it are over. Form is the first women's prestige hair care collection to celebrate beauty in all of its forms. The Form collection minimizes guesswork and makes hair care simpler by offering personal regimens specifically designed for individual hair needs. Get 10% off of your entire order when you visit formbeauty.com forward slash friendzone. That's F-O-R-M beauty.com forward slash friendzone. Get personal with Form. Welcome to the friend zone. Every time I'm in the zone. My name is Dustin. I'm Francesca, also known as Hey Friend Hey. My name is Asante. <laughs> this is the friend zone. Let's start the show. I'm in the zone. Allow me to welcome you to the friend zone. You're about to spend an hour and a half with us, so let's get it on. What we do here in this space is talk about things in your life to keep your ass with a cute face, and to keep your nigga from saying you trife. Now, I'm not known for rocking these here microphones in this here way, but I said, you know what? On this here day, I'm going to do something different, and I'm going to do it my own way. See, this is spoken word, and I don't know what you heard, but I damn sure know I got something to say. I make the boy say hi. I make the lady say hey. <laughs> so open up your ears and open up your heart. And if you're around me, you goddamn it, you bet not fart. <laughs> and let everybody know that we're here in this space to get better and better and to not always have to spray our mace. We don't want to catch a case, 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 case. Well, in case you forgot, this is the friend zone. You're listening to this, maybe on your phone. Yeah, you sell ya. Yeah. I said I'll tell ya. Something new, hot and fresh for you. We're doing it this way like we That's how we start things off around right here with a jamboree. Not the jamboree. <laughs> the jamboree, and I ain't talking about them cheap-ass kids' clothes. <laughs> oh, yeah. Welcome here to the Friend Zone, your weekly look into all things <laughs> mental already. health. We ain't even five minutes in. Oh, my in. gosh. <laughs> uh-huh. Mental health, mental wellness, and mental hygiene, because who in the hell wants oh, a musty man. brain? This here is episode 101, and nothing's the same. Welcome to the Friend Zone, everybody. Hey. That's right. Hey. 
<laughs> How's everybody doing out there tonight? Remember that show One on One? Yeah, that was when a really good show. When they were singing, it sounded like they were saying One on One. I think I was like, they trying to make it work. It fitted in. That was a great show. It was. Was that uh, was that Kyla Pratt? It was UPN. So yeah, she was on every UPN <laughs> show. Yo, she looks exactly the, the same. Yes. She does, and it she has is, children and everything. Yeah. Like she literally looks. Still the be same. playing college students and shit She'll on Lifetime ever movies. Have that cute little Shout out to them face. good genetics. Okay, come on, Benjamin Buttons. <laughs> I wonder shout if she out hates to that. I don't know. <laughs> shout out to Roger. She gonna like it in Benjamin 20 years Biden. when she's still looking good, talking about how I don't crack. That's that black lady everybody keeps showing. She was like a fitness champ, and she's like 70-something years old. like Ernestine. Yeah, she like out cold. Ernestine Shepard, I think, something like that. She is Baby, awesome. She look better than half of them ladies working at the credit union. I see them all the time. <laughs> Be mean to me at the credit union every week and shit. And meanwhile, Ernestine flexing and elevating herself. I love it. Get like, get you an Ernestine. Give her the fact, get like an Ernestine. Get like an Ernestine. She look good. Black don't crack. I'm cracking jokes. I don't even belong to a credit union right now. Oh my God. <laughs> <laughs> so we just got back from London, y'all. We did. Shout out, out to London. Wow, what an experience, right? Right? Yes. What did you guys think? So great. I, I had such a, an amazing time compared to the last couple of times I've been. So I was just so happy that I did not get sick. Yes. That's right, because you were not 100% like The first ready time to I go. got sick, the second time I was like, oh, I'm not sick this time, but you know, I still need my medicine. This time I had my medicine, so it was amazing. I had fun. <laughs> right? Did. So it was great. It was a great time this time compared to the other few times. We had so much fun. I, I love traveling with you guys. I don't yes. think people yes. understand. Being on the tube with y'all. Like the fun. You guys see how funny these two are on the show. Imagine traveling with them on flights. Good time at the airport, random cities <laughs> on, on the plane, on the plane, yes, <laughs> and on the tube, which was so fun. We were like having photo shoots. <laughs> it was all clean. It was so clean. It was. I was like, "Is this a tube or a china cabinet? What's going <laughs> on in there?" Like, only Dustin. Okay. And this was like my fourth time going to London, but definitely my first time having that much fun. Oh, I'm so glad to be a part of that memory. Yes. Right? What you think, Dustin? You know what? My favorite part of the live show experience. It's always the meet and greet. I just it's something about seeing people and knowing that like the work connected that really do move me, it really do touch me. <laughs> okay. So it was just something amazing about seeing these people in this foreign country, literally, you know what I'm saying? Right. Who listen to the show and love what we do and are, you know, they benefit from listening to it. That just makes my day. It really gets me to going. And so, you know, that is something that I remember about the trip. London is so dope and so posh. There's so many parts that look like Georgetown to me. But yes. then there's other parts the that just, right? yeah, like London, it's just the shit. And the West End was gorgeous. Um, I had a good time in Soho. Um, Buckingham, goddamn palace. <laughs> Y'all so tired of hearing me talk about this no, fucking, but I'm telling you, like everybody... I'm telling you, y'all can say what you want about a, a, a Chateau Chirac, a Moore Manor, <laughs> whatever you want to talk about. Buckingham, the queen is living. That is Word luxury. Up. Buckingham Palace, I could go on and on, he but I'm telling you, I don't want to hear nothing about nobody's house. Fuck million dollar listing. I don't care about <laughs> nothing. Buckingham Palace is what it's all. The queen of England is living. 
And I now know why people be like, who you think you is? The queen of England? I see why. <laughs> I see why. Living. And tell us about your gorgeous photo shoot. Shout out to uh, his Instagram name is captured by Ifti. I-F-T-I. Um, really dope photographer out of London. We spent some time uh, near Regent's Park, also near the Baker Street subway station, or excuse me, underground station. And where else were we? Over off of St. John's Wood. And it was just some beautiful, beautiful areas uh, that really caught our eye. And we took some photos there. I wanted to capture the memory because going over there was really an accomplishment, I felt, for our show. And I wanted to always remember our time there. So I decided to work with a photographer from London. And you looked awesome. Thank you for all of the shots. And you guys don't even know how many shots he didn't put up. Okay. It was just too many to choose from. If this was top model, Tyra and Jay, they would have been impressed by your role. The whole role. (laughs) I just want to document my time where we go. Right. So. Thank and you. the live show itself was so good. We had yes. a blast. The audience was lively. Yes. You guys had us dying. We Dustin even jumped into the audience. <laughs> <laughs> Instead of just having a mic set up, he jumped in to get someone's opinion about the, sh- the different shows that you yeah, guys in the UK right. grew up on. Just Shout out to fun. Desmond. Shout out Desmond. to Desmond okay. and Shirley in the barbershop. <laughs> yes. Right. The kids, Gloria. Right. They put us on to a couple shows from there. So those of you listening are probably dying laughing right now. Okay. But it was great. And like Dustin said, it was so awesome to get to meet you guys in the meet and greet. It was. Even bumping into you on the street. A lot of love. A lot of support. It kind of put a fire in our ass of just being like, wow, y'all, this is amazing how you can create something and it can just become worldwide. Yes, we even had a one young lady who flew from Japan yes. to see us Shout in out London. To you. Yeah, yes. like, what an honor, man. Just love, yo. Like And we all looked cute. Uh, <laughs> yes. We looked Y'all so look cute. cute. <laughs> I mean, if I do say so myself. If, if I, I do, do say so myself. Hey. I, do, I mean, because you 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 want to talk about the one. Okay. Francesca. The, the one. The one. Oh. Okay. Fran had it down. I, I had to give a little London vibe. I was you feeling did, that. It was very cute. <laughs> Thank you. No, we had a blast. And shout out to another round. And shout mm-hmm. out to Brilliant Idiots. Mm-hmm. I yes. think the three of us coming together like Voltron was pretty damn dope. I think we repped pretty hard for the States. So that was very, very cool. It was pretty dope. Shout out to y'all that came out to the festival that are fans that... Um, it was just going to be a different experience to be in London. So to know that we already had fans over there to support us through what we were doing was just amazing. So thank y'all for just supporting us and listening to us and coming out and visiting us. It means just as much to us when y'all come up to us in the meet and greet and hear, uh, share your stories. Because we're right there. Right? <laughs> it's amazing. So I uh, also would like to say if you're out there in London listening, I am available. I'm looking for a London daddy. Um, and... <laughs> That's all I have to say. (laughs) Oh, and before we move on, we collaborated with an awesome podcast called Mostly Mostly Lit, Lit, which I love that name because it's a podcast about literature. Yes. Perfect fucking name. And we collaborated with them. They are so awesome. Uh, Shout out to Derek and Alex and Ray. They were super funny. Check them out on iTunes. Hey, Ray. (laughs) Check them out on iTunes. It was a very, very uh, funny collaboration of seeing just two different worlds colliding. So Mm -hmm. definitely check that out. Thank you to Mostly Lit for having us. Mm -hmm. That was a dope collaboration to to be part of the culture. I know. (laughs) 
and they were funny as hell. I love the accent. Right. <laughs> and the slang. And just, it was just dope. They put us on to a lot of cool shit. And they got Dustin Nando's. Oh, my gosh. <laughs> Yo, everything you heard about Nando's chicken in London is true. Mm. It was absolutely delicious and so, so, so satisfying. I wish Amazing. that I had you know, cross the sands of Nando's Chicken much earlier in my visit to London. But that's okay. Because <laughs> next time that I go, I will have some waiting on touchdown. That's going to be in the contract next time. Right, and you're Nando's right. Nando's upon arrival. I had the chickpea burger for those who were like, what did Franny eat? <laughs> <Right. laughs> <laughs> no, surprisingly, they had like a whole vegan vegetarian menu, mm-hmm. which was perfect for me because we didn't really have a lot of time to go like look for food no and while dustin was chowing down on his chicken (laughs) i was chowing down on my chickpea burger and it was actually very very good so if you haven't had that yet right go and get you some i was going to ask you guys how your weekends were but i mean that was the weekend so i'll ask how are you dealing with the jet lag of coming back and jumping into your routine like whose daughter was that (laughs) here we go (laughs) Whose daughter was that? Was that Boosie's daughter or Young Thug's daughter? What? It was like, I'm motherfucking tired. <laughs> Digging in her nose. I'm motherfucking tired. I said, I'm motherfucking tired. That's Somebody's how I feel. Daughter. Yeah, it was It was a rapper's daughter. I can't remember if it's Boosie or Young oh Thug. God. It's somebody's daughter. But she, it's a video that went viral of the little girl. She's literally digging in her nose saying, I'm motherfucking tired. That's how, oh, no. motherfucking tired. That's how I feel with the jet lag. What about you? You know, I am trying my best. I did not sleep on the way to London. <laughs> I slept for a smooth 10 to 15 minutes on the way back. And once I back, got back stateside, I got my five-hour cycle going. So I, I, I'm all right. Right? You're back in rotation. Yeah, as long as I can get, like, five to six hours, I'll be, like, okay usually. Especially if it's, like, those hours between, like, four and nine in the morning. Like, I'm like, all right, you're good. You can sit up. Right. <laughs> should we jump into this week's show? We should, but just to fact check, I just did, and it's mm-hmm. Young Thug's daughter. I'm <laughs> it was check. it was Young Thug's daughter, and that's your homework for the week. Just find the video <laughs> of Young Thug's daughter. If y'all daughter. start sending that to me on Ca- Carrie, <laughs> oh, I already Lord. see <laughs> Carrie always goes, I don't follow the rules. <laughs> oh, is that his housewives intro? <laughs> Swinging them dreads. Shout Carrie. out to Carrie. <laughs> Look, Carrie's okay. corner. Shout I don't out follow to the rules. I don't follow. I run over them. <laughs> <laughs> so on last week's show, you guys, we celebrated. Yes, we did. Hundredth episode. Ten times ten. Yes, we did. And that was so fun because we did a totally different type of episode where we had Q&As and you guys sent in all of the questions and we read them all and you guys were hilarious, first yes. of all. And your responses to our answers were hilarious. Glad you guys enjoyed them. We'll definitely be doing more because that was the response. And um, let's see what you guys had to say. What stood out to you, Asante? <laughs> Well, I actually appreciated and loved last week's episode, our 100 episodes. But I wanted to read a comment specifically from Esther, who attended the live show. Mm. Um, uh, Hi, guys. I had the pleasure of seeing you off the Shout Out Live Festival earlier. And I'd like to say how grateful I am that you traveled all this way. I bought a ticket specifically to see you guys as I've been a fan from the first episode and haven't missed once. I'm so appreciative of your contributions and the positivity you encourage and inspire through the friend zone. It genuinely keeps me going battling through the everyday fuckery of life. I'm hoping to get tickets to Friends London Wellness Tour, and I look forward to seeing what you'll do next. Yes. Stay black and protect your magic because it's powerful and beautiful. Aww. So, Esther, I wanted to tell you thank you very, very much for sending that. 
It was amazing to have celebrated our 100 episodes and then go to London to do a live show out there. and Like our first international live show and first of many. Because I just know traveling with you guys and working with you guys is just going to bring so much more success and awesomeness. So thank you, Esther, for sending that in. Thank you. And I'll see you at my wellness retreat. That's hey, right. Hey. <laughs> what stood out to you, friend? On SoundCloud, Andrea said, One thing I noticed in today's podcast is that you said your mom is your biggest role model. And you mentioned that, and she puts in quotes, old people stuck in their ways. And that you like when we share things we learn in psychology class. So I just took a class on adulthood and aging. And one of the most fascinating ideas was that the aging process is a social construct. Mm-hmm. People who believe negative age stereotypes like progressive deterioration as we get older actually embody those beliefs. And people who have positive self-perceptions about aging, like what you said about reaching new levels of fly and making changes and self-discoveries as you get older, tend to live an average of 7.5 years longer than people who don't have better cardiovascular health. It's a testament to how important a healthy mind and perspective is. Wow. I thought that was really cool. The power of the mind. Yes. And that's what I was saying that even those sayings like old people stuck in their ways or you can't teach the old dog new tricks. Like my mom has been blasting through all those. (laughs) And that's what really makes her the role model for me because I'm seeing how much of how much bullshit that is. Even her body's changing. Like she's looking younger and that's inspiring to me. And even me, I feel like I look really good for my age. And you do. People always shock. Every time you yeah, say it, I'm I don't getting even... closer and closer to 40. And when I look at myself in the mirror, I never would have thought when I was younger that this is what I would look like at 40. You know, I had like a way different idea, like something a lot older. And so we're breaking all the And even um, like Ernestine Shepard, the, I hope we're saying her name right. <laughs> I'm t- let me fact check that Right, too. please do. She is Facts. breaking all those barriers and all these black actresses that are like 50 and 40 yes. and 60 and how amazing they look. Like Halle Berry and Sanaa Lathan and Nia Long. Ne- and Nia granted, Long. they're rich and have like expensive skincare and trainers yeah. and chefs. So Vivica with a weave, not a wig. <laughs> <laughs> Vivica with a weave, not but a wig. Even your Vivica moms look good. And your aunts and your cousins, I'm sure you're noticing that a lot of the age stereotypes are bullshit. So yeah. I love that. That's just inspiring to me as I continue to get older because I do have some fears around aging, but I'm working through them. <laughs> Friend, you know, every time I look at you, like I still, I forgot the first time we met, but I still just see. This like that one time at Dizzy's or whatever, like That's at the jazz so funny. club. Like so, every time you say your age, I'm like, you did not look like when you were that age. Like you still look the exact same. What right? are you saying to me? I'm telling you, man, <laughs> I love it, Dustin. Hey y'all, what's that face? Um, nothing. <laughs> I just want to say it actually is Ernestine Shepherd. Oh, look Yay! at me. So we're gonna go ahead and give her them flowers now. Idol, <laughs> idol, idol. Okay. <laughs> um, yeah, you know Ernestine Shepherd is her name, and she's absolutely gorgeous. She was on the Steve Harvey show, flirting up a storm with her little heels. I bet you she was. Um, so <laughs> what I found out here, you know, in these streets, in these streets, in these streets. I'm trying to do it in fast forward. 
Um, I just want to give a shout out to everyone that congratulated us on our 100th episode. Um, I want to give a shout out to at MSSAG to you, Miss Sag to you, or either Miss Sag, probably. I'm guessing she's a Sagittarius, not an actor. Mm. But um, (laughs) she tweeted, me headed to play Lotto after look at Dustin drop those dates. Dollar box, dollar straight. Happy 100th. And it's the gif of Remy Ma running across the stage at Summer Jam. So that really made me laugh. Um, shout out to at Tristan T-R-Y underscore S-T-O-N who said look at Dustin's description of trying to balance your spirituality and sexuality being two magnets repelling each other so accurate and he added a gif of two magnets repelling each other because it was so accurate Um, I also would like to give a shout out to CBS News their official Twitter account who tweeted a video that showed for the second time in less than a month there was video footage showing Baltimore police officers plan evidence the first time it was drugs the body cam footage literally showed the officers planting the drugs then turning the body cam on because the footage um, starts 30 seconds before they start oh, recording shit. they totally got busted now there's video footage of a um a it looks like a car being pulled over and they were planting evidence there as well so shout out to cbs news for being the real news the I true news that. and that's i would like to shout out to them um, I would also like to shout out Lisa Bloom, attorney to the stars, and those that are trying to reach a little bit far, attorney <laughs> to them too. But Lisa Bloom tweeted, Trump is exactly the white supremacist he showed himself to be during the campaign. Now our tax dollars will defend white rights. Hideous. Shout out to Lisa Bloom for standing up and putting her money where her mouth and her Twitter fingers is. Ooh. I would also like to give a shout out to... Shout out, shout out. The librarian, Adrian Expression. Adrian, A-D-R-I-A-N-X-P-R-E-S-S-I-O-N. Who tweeted, Disney, reclaiming my time with a gift <laughs> oh that looks like reclaiming that. my time was a Disney oh movie. Oh, my God. Shout out to Adrian, a hilarious Y'all YouTuber. Y'all hell Exactly. Out Follow his YouTube. Um, I would like to give my last <laughs> shout out in these streets to at Somali-centric. Um, Fadumo, who tweeted, look at Dustin, my friend quoted you and Fran in a book that was a collection of 30 letters of love from family and friends on my birthday. You guys have now become a part of our vocab and everyday references. Her name is Alexis Amos, living in Roanoke, Virginia. And the quotes that they put in this birthday book um, were from you, Fran, where you said, I stopped looking for the light, decided to become it instead. And for me, they picked... Oh no. <laughs> <laughs> There's power in a closed mouth smile. <laughs> so shout out to y'all for just getting it. You know oh, what I'm saying? Shit. The last shout out I want to give in these streets um, goes to Spoken or Spooken. It's S-P-O-O-K-K-U-N underscore who said, I just got a random idea to draw Asante, Fran, and Dustin as the three legendary S-A-N-N-I-N. Sanin. Sanin. And there's a picture of the three legendary Sanin, and apparently they're going to draw this picture of From us. fucking Naruto. So, no yes. Where the picture at, Spooky? Okay, so can I just tell you? Okay, so the three characters is Jiraiya, um, Lady Tsunade, and uh, or- Orochimaru. Tsunade is a healer, so it's just so interesting. Me? Yeah. Oh, my God. Why is the snake behind me? 
Because Orochimaru, he's a, a scientist. Like, he's the villain, but he just answers so many cool questions. Like, he raises so many cool fucking questions, and I think his character is super dope. But Jiraiya is, like, kin to Naruto, the main character, and, like, he gives him all that guidance before he ends up getting murdered. He, Shade. He has yes. the pro- <laughs> No, not at all. Orochimaru is super dope. And Orochimaru. I'll, and I think that I will actually have him because he has the purple uh, eye line. <laughs> If you're busy, I wouldn't mind a Saturday. Arugamuchi, what's his name? <laughs> okay, Karuchi, what's his what's his name? God. I ain't never going nowhere for him with your ass. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, just did. <laughs> <laughs> well, is are there anything else in them streets over there? <laughs> no, that's it. Thank you for visiting me in these streets. Well, I'm doing the chicken head out of them streets. <laughs> yes. Y'all are so funny. What are we going to talk about today? Y'all ready to jump right in? Jump yes, in. So, since we have been growing, you know, last week we celebrated two years. <laughs> mm-hmm. Stronger. <laughs> Stretching out. Like Dustin always says, it's the journey. <laughs> we have been... <laughs> Collaborating with a lot of brands, even, you know, with the black business, we love to highlight up and coming brands, give them a boost. I mean, we're here doing this show because of a boost that our friends gave us. Shout out to Kid Fury and Crystal. So, you know, like we've said, it's an ecosystem that you have to create in order to reach the levels you're trying to reach and also bring people up with you while you're climbing. That to me is the duty, the obligation Maybe not the obligation for everyone, but for me, I should speak for myself. And, that's what, and me, right? Also, <laughs> that's what makes me happy, doors. right? And to share, like, hello, share the wealth. <laughs> <laughs> hello, <laughs> oh, shout out to everyone. Hey. <laughs> we always forget the oh. <laughs> <laughs> I'm not doing this. I'm about to leave. <laughs> so, with that being said. Here's my question. Yes. For Dustin and Asante. Where when you are co-signing or extending, like lending a hand and overextending yourself to help brands that may be smaller or independent or their first time around just kind of getting their feet wet and trying to feel out the paths that they're trying to, you know, carve out. What's the line though between giving them what they need in order for them to excel and expand their brands, but without compromising your personal standards, your comfort level, and your brand as a whole and everything that you've built up mm. until now. Just in case I'm not being clear, because I don't know if that's clear. For example, let's say you're working with someone who's putting together an event and you know that it's their first time doing it, but you still agree to do it because you understand the value in helping a peer, you know, bring a, a dream to fruition. And if your name being attached to it can help them do that, why not do that? And this isn't even just a peer, like a friend, but just someone who has a vision that you can see and understand and want to help out with. But if they don't have, let's say, the finances, or the wherewithal to really understand everything that goes along with planning an event or throwing something together and you decide to join, but then, you know, 
the hotel is like a little janky or the flight situation is not necessarily what you were looking for. And not so much like you need to fly first class, but even something as simple as make sure that the time when I land aligns with when the hotel can check me in so that I'm not like standing around for seven or eight hours. You know what I mean? Like, or even the details. like checking for hours between, you know, arriving and going to work, if you will. Right. Or I remember there was one time for an example that's more specific that I agreed to work with a brand that they were a lot smaller. So I already knew there were going to be budgetary issues. But I was like, you know what? I see the vision in this and it's fine. Yeah. Totally let it go. Understood that there were going to be challenges, but I was it's what I signed up for. But to cut corners because of their lack of a budget... They put me on a train that was coming from New York to D.C. at 3 a.m. Now, I'm a woman. Three in the morning? Yes, I'm a woman. I think it really angered me that you see I'm already doing this like for like way less money than I should have asked for as a solid to you. The least you could do is is actually make me feel like you care about my safety, at least as a woman. Coming into Penn Station at 3 in the morning, I already live in Harlem, so you're not even thinking of my commute from 2 to 3 in the morning to get to Penn Station, to then be sitting in a train, an Amtrak train, which isn't like the safest thing in the world. Right. You don't know who else is in that train at that hour. I don't even know who rides a train at 3 or 4 in the morning. And then she was expecting me to get to the event at what? What would that be, like 6 or 7 in the morning? Didn't have a hotel for me because she said just get to the event. We have a green room where you a green room, excuse me, where you can change. And then the event started at ten a.m. Wow. She didn't think about maybe I'm going to be tired and need a shower. Maybe I want to change because if I'm having a meet and greet and I'm going to be hugging up on people, <laughs> I would like to be fresh and showered. And and maybe you know I love wearing cute little outfits and stuff. Maybe I want to turn a look and be prepared and. You know, or how about breakfast? I don't know. Did you consider that maybe, like, there should be some time scheduled in for me to, like, have food so that I, you know what I mean? Like, So, like, at what point is it, okay, at what point does it become you're asking for too much and coming off like a diva? Like, what is it like before you get to that point? It's it's difficult because a lot of the times, and this is the real question I have for you guys, a lot of the times when you explain to people, even these basic things, which at to me at this point, isn't even a matter of standards. It's just basic, basic respect for safety, for how the human body works. If you expect me to work an event, you should probably expect me to eat too. You know what I mean? Like think about me as a human on a human level. Maybe I need sleep. If we're flying in from one country to another, we probably need sleep before we start an event. You know what I'm saying? So I feel like these are details that, are strangely overlooked when people do not realize that we're not robots. So how do you make those needs clear without coming off demanding? Or for as black women, we tend to be viewed as bitches or hard to work with or difficult. That's the main word. And I'm someone that doesn't like to be viewed as difficult. I hate that. I hate that feeling. I always want business to feel easeful and like there's an alignment and i'm helping you you're helping me we're both getting something out of it so as soon as someone uses the word difficult i get like anxious but i've also learned that people who fall short usually use the word difficult to make you feel bad for them falling short 
as opposed mm. to rising up to the occasion and being like, I need to step my game up to work with someone like that. They rather just point fingers. Mm. And it's something, especially in our community, unfortunately, that I've come up against a lot. And I love supporting our community, but I also have a standard on how I like to be treated and how I like my business to run. You know what I mean? Like, I think it's fair. But how do you communicate that with your community or your peers and not come off like an asshole? <clears throat> I think that when the line of, of or the boundary of respect gets crossed, that's where things become problematic. And I think that that's something that should then be taken back to the beginning or the origin of the idea and the execution. There should be respect um, laced everywhere throughout that process. Um, you need to respect me, and I also need to respect my craft and myself as a business in my requests and you also need to respect that in your ability to fulfill those requests, meet my needs, and or say this is something that is a little bit beyond my capacity or a little the magnitude of this is larger than my reach. So maybe I should not do this or maybe you shouldn't do this or maybe you can just consult and give me ideas on how to manage what I do have to manage. Sometimes there's going to be hurt feelings either way. But it's not necessarily hurt feelings as much as it is constructive criticism and truly the help that you spoke of when you talked about our ecosystem, friend. If if you inquire of me to participate in something and you see or recognize along the way that this is not going to be something that's going to be able to take place, respectfully bow out. Right. Afford me the opportunity to then say, I will, instead of participating, I'll offer you my guidance. Well, when you book this sort of talent, do it this way. Right. These are the people on your list. Okay, like make sure you have X, Y, Z. Then you get what I'm saying? I can then have the opportunity to help you build in a different way. Yes. I can do things that can help you in other ways beyond just my participation. Because if it's not going to work, it's just not going to work, period. So you have to respect me enough to say this is bigger than me. So can you at least help me manage what I have instead of you participating? Mm -hmm. You know what I'm saying? Can you give me some tips on what to do with these people? You know, do I at least afford me the opportunity to say, okay, I'll do this. You know what I mean? I'll do this pro bono. Just let me participate and you take care of this or that so I can at least help you put the money where it's best used as opposed to you doing a whole bunch of things substandardly. Right. You get what I'm saying? So you think the person you're working with should be honest and transparent and saying like, you know, X, Y, and Z might be beyond my scope. And, you know, mm -hmm. how? what do you think as being someone that maybe has been in the business longer? <clears throat> you know, how should I go about this in a more efficient and productive way that also caters to your needs. So you think they should just say it like this isn't going to work. Once yeah. they that's what they should say because you know how this process works. They inquire, you respond. You ask they ask what you need in order for this to happen, you let them know. Right. So at that point in the process when they see what time it is and what needs to be handled in order for this to 
work out and be done efficiently. If they see that they cannot meet those needs, then let me let you as the client or the talent or whatever, and then have the opportunity to say, okay, well, since you can't do that, then I won't participate. And then why not ask you, okay, well, since it won't work out like this, can you at least, you know, give me some ideas on how to manage what I do have better? Right. Or give me the opportunity as talent to say, okay, let me do it for free. And you just put me in this hotel and put me on this flight. You know what I mean? At least kind of put the money where it can be better utilized. Or just say no. (laughs) You get what I'm saying? And not feel bad. Just not feel bad because you can only help somebody by your participation or by your expertise. And if you can't do either one of those things successfully, there's literally no benefit of either party being there. But sometimes, and this is me speaking from my experience, Mm -hmm. where I have very quickly seen that they were not going to be able to work with me in the capacity that I like to work with. Mm -hmm. And I would say no, whether it was like the budget was entirely too low, you know, Mm -hmm. because I still, I I mean, this is my company. Like I can't, unless it's a charity or a school, you know, obviously I'll do that for free always. Yeah. But if you're making money off of something, you can't expect me to show face, you know, lend my time and my craft and then kind of walk away like good looking out. You know, I'm not at that point anymore. I paid my dues. I Mm -hmm. did that for years to build and I understood the need for it. But right now I don't have Mm -hmm. to do that. How do you deal with the pushback, though, when you say no, that people take that really personal and think, you know, you're Hollywood or... The favorite word, you're being difficult, you know? Well, fortunately, um, and this is in my limited experience, right, Being since I've decided to work in entertainment or work in the capacity of me being talent, I've seen people with that disposition and that attitude and that sort of stance on things, and they haven't been successful. And the people that they've been able to spread that sort of information to haven't really been people that were in a network that would really be one that would um, ascend me in any way. (laughs) So it's kind of like staying at a certain place. That's where the conversation sits. And if you really sit back on the outside and look long enough, you can see that the people who have avoided that whole sort of school of thought, because see, again, respect comes into play. You can't have that much respect for yourself as a business if you're willing to be publicly negative about someone else because that's not going to make anyone else feel welcome to come work with you. So you've already established yourself as a person who doesn't even have a professional integrity and respect for yourself. So how could I expect you to have it for me? (laughs) So you spewing those things and having that backlash you speak of it's really only going to go in a circle right where it is and none of it is going to reach anyone where it could have a negative impact on you because you're not doing that. So that's kind of how I look at it. People are going to talk regardless. Like Prince says, you can't play me. You can only play yourself. Play yourself. (laughs) What about you, Asante? So I've been over here toying with this idea or this concept of um, why can't businesses be more upfront about what they have going on. Like, I think sometimes it would help if a business would be like, you know, it it sucks when you as a a person that works can just remember the bad things about a business. Like, you don't walk away saying like, oh, I like how I was treated X, Y, and Z. You always remember like, oh, you know, they didn't care about my time here. They didn't care about whether I ate here. 
Like, I just think as businesses, sometimes you have to be able to be like, okay, you know, let us know if you need anything and fill in these holes. And then if you have to start letting the business know, like, hey, um, this is wrong or, you know, I need something changed here, they should be open and receptive to hearing about that and making those changes. And sometimes a lot of that is hard because I think when people think about business, they think that they have to be a, a big monster and they have to uphold whatever they have going on and they can't be flexible. And it's like we're black people and we're trying to, you know, contribute to each other. So it's like like on a very small scale, I want to always go to a, a black barber, right? My barber, you know, pay he charges a premium. I'm about to get real personal with y'all. This is real crazy. I feel <laughs> no, bad. No, but this is helpful because imagine how don't. many people dealing with this. <laughs> so my barber, you know, is already, you know, on the more expensive side. But for me, it's a black barber. I want to support his business. His business has expanded, but, you know, it ain't expanded on the black side. So for me, I was like, I don't know if I want to continue to support this business because it's not as black anymore. Then he raised the price. So for me as a consumer, I, I feel like I should want to talk to my barber and be like, hey, you know, why did the price go up on the haircut and negotiate that? But at the same time, it's almost like, well, why should I want to have this conversation? Because you know how for people, when they have their business, they want to be like, that's it. And I don't want to be looked at as cheap after that, you know? So like on an artist side, you don't want to be looked at as difficult when you want to have certain conversations. And I think it's because people don't want to be transparent or they don't want to be upfront about what their scope is and uh, be open to say, you know, we're willing to learn and change and be flexible. And I think that that sucks, that businesses can't even be on the same page about that. They just want to, like, blow smoke up your butt and be like, yeah, we've got this under control. No, you don't. If we had it under control, we wouldn't be in this situation right now. this conversation. Right. So, like, let's figure out a way to respectfully move forward and make sure that this doesn't happen again. But it doesn't happen, and sometimes a bad taste gets left in your mouth, and then you don't want to associate with the business ever again. I mean, I think the struggle for me has been... Like I said, I I really enjoy helping where I can. I think it's important. It fuels mm-hmm. me. It, you know, reminds me of the importance of opening doors because it's a paying homage to those who've opened it for me. Like I like I said, that's just how I function. But I've had to I think in the past maybe 2 years, it has been hard like not being not being not fearing being called a bitch or difficult and i know so many women especially can feel me on that especially in the workplace or in the office maybe when someone's touching you inappropriately or saying little jabs here and there or sexual innuendo you know like there's so many things we deal with or microaggressions and passive aggressive little like jabs mm. you know like we you deal with that in the workplace and it doesn't really change when you're an entrepreneur. You know, I deal with emails where people think that because, you know, they met me back in 2009 when I wasn't where I'm at now that we have some kind of like homey package where if I tell them my rate, I'm supposed it's supposed to be negotiated because you knew me way back when. And it's like, no, <laughs> I'm sorry. I don't have homey deals. Like if you're one of my peers, like, one of you two or like Maya, Cheska, Fury, Crystal, Jay, Kia. No question. Obviously, I'm never going to charge y'all for shit. Right. Anything y'all need, it's no question. But you guys are my friends. There's a difference. But in business, there are no friends. And I'm learning. I know Beyonce said it on one of her tour uh, documentaries where she was like, well, she had to learn very quickly that business and polite do not mix. Yeah. And doesn't that really suck? Because It think- does suck because I genuinely love 
when I engage with businesses, I love when the enga- when the exchange is just like pleasant. Like, here's what we're looking to do, and then I say, "Great, here's what I would need for that. Here's my rate." Don't hit me back trying to negotiate my rate. Just don't do that. And I remember I told a company once because they hit me saying, well, you know, we're just trying to understand, like, why can't we get this price for it? Because so-and-so did that for this price. And then they bring other black creatives who did it for cheaper. And I say, well, then if you know her rate and she did it for your rate, then you have your influencer. Like, don't pit me against her trying to make me feel bad because this is my rate. And that's something that... Those of you listening, will ha- I'm sure you're either dealing with it or will be dealing with it. They love to pit us against each other to make you feel like, oh, well, shit, maybe I shouldn't be charging this much because then I'm going to look Hollywood or like, you know, I'm going to look like I'm asking for too much. No, my rate is my rate. I'm sorry that homegirl is most likely underestimating her worth, you know, and I'm sure I am in a lot of ways. Like Master P, remember when he said when the label... Uh, offered him a million Mm -hmm. he knew he was worth 15 Mm -hmm. and it's something that i think we sleep on ourselves a lot because it's a culture unfortunately that has been set up that way for us to underestimate our talents but i'm in a place now where i don't and i'm battling that feeling of like not feeling bad for it i'm not feeling bad Mm. i'm not feeling bad that i expect that if i'm working with you you know i expect things a certain way and I have had people tell me that I'm difficult. I'm not difficult. I'm thorough. There's there a difference. And if you can't keep up with a businesswoman who's thorough, don't point fingers. You can't point fingers. And I'm learning to not feel bad about that. And I am very, like, you know, with the trips that we've talked about, like, the least you could do is be concerned with, if I'm, if I'm providing a craft, then you should provide the environment that will allow that craft to be performed at its highest capacity. Does that not make sense? Makes perfect sense. As a as someone seeking um a service, I guess from someone else, I would feel much more confident in what I was purchasing if it was presented to me at a certain level. So, I would not shy away from someone who was obviously aware of their worth and their value, priced appropriately and then delivering a product that reflected something of that value. You have to consider that um, this goes back to respect for me. You have to respect me enough not to scoff at something, you know what I mean, that I know is not unreasonable because I wouldn't do that in the first place. Second of all, at a certain point, you have to respect yourself enough to set those guidelines and boundaries that you're speaking of. If you want your 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 business and your service and your product or your talent to be received at a certain level if you're shooting for to ascend yourself or to make your brand strong or a legitimate brand that's successful in turning a profit model it after businesses that have been the that have had that same type of success respect yourself enough to dress it up just like you wash your ass before you go to the doctor and change your drawers (laughs) so that you don't go to the doctor stinking or with dirty underwear on treat your business the same damn way agreed your mother told you that in the since the beginning you know those of us that drive change your underwear every day because you don't ever want to get in no car accident you got dirty ass drawers on (laughs) same thing like you know dress yourself up and 
it just seems to me, I don't know, maybe this this goes so deep, and I'm not going to make this another 300-hour show. No, but so, it. It just people have, have watered down quality so much so yes. for the pursuit of visibility and fame. And profit. And profit. And not even real profit, but quick profit. Mm-hmm. They have, they have, they have you know, sacrificed or compromised their legitimacy for that. And it sucks for people who are trying to be respected and who are trying to also deliver a product worthy of respect on that level because you have to work 20 times as hard just to be received properly. It's so much easier to be good at what you do when, just like you just said, friend, you're provided with the environment or the tools that you need. Everybody's not quoting you or giving you this big figure for the sake of getting a big bag. You know what I mean? I'm quoting you that figure because that's how much it costs for me to perform the function that you're requesting. Amen. That's how much those services cost when they add it up. Plus my time. Reclaiming my time. (laughs) Okay. On these niggas. So And that's real. That's just how I feel. And I really only want to associate myself with people who view themselves and their time as something quantifiable and that they can price that way. I only want to be aligned with things that are are viewed that way. But that's just me and my shit. Now, that ain't saying everybody else wrong. That's just where I'm, you know. (laughs) And isn't there something to be said about, you know, treating your business? And I I hate that there are no friends in business. But, like, if you really treated people in business like your friends or, like, even your business itself as a friend. Like, if you said, all right, this is my business. I'm going to take care of it, the entire thing. You're going to want to make sure that every part of it is greased and oiled up well. If you just cut in corners to try to make things look a certain way. Only lotion and what show? Look, it's like if you only, if you put your clothes on and mm-hmm. lotion first. You know, there's still regions that you have to get. Oh, God. You know, the, the whole thing ain't done. Because if your shirt flies up, somebody's going to say, ooh, the back of your elbow is ashy. Because mm-hmm. you, you put your clothes like on Neapolitan first. like Neapolitan ice cream. <laughs> I mean, just don't do it. It sucks. All people are going to ever remember is how much you just cut those corners and basically showed them that they didn't matter. Like, if you wanted somebody to really go up, if you wanted to do something with your friend, you want to go above and beyond because it's your friend so you can have a great experience. So if you want to have a business and you want to work with creatives, you want to make it such a great experience that it's, like, memorable and it really gives back to the world. Like, that's how I try to move in every action I do. So when I'm working with people and I feel like they don't care about me, I go in shutdown mode. Like, all right, well, I'm just going to ask for what I need from here on out and, you know, I've been treated basically like I don't really matter. So I'm going to act as such up until it's time for things that I matter to really stick out. Because all of this isn't going to be wrong because you decided you want to be half-assed about it. Here's what I'm saying, right? Give me the opportunity to say yes or no. You do that, we always see eye to eye. We're on a, we are on an even playing field. When you start off a business relationship, you start off with a clean slate. You mm-hmm. gave a great example earlier, Fran, when you said that you like to be in the space where you understand that the the the, uh, the arrangement is mutually beneficial, okay? You're helping them. They're helping you. Everybody's clear on what is expected and, and what's respect, delivered. Most important. You're good. 
the minute that the waters become murky, gray, ashy, whatever, is when deception comes into play. Don't try to goop me into doing something so it can benefit you that I probably would have done anyway had you just asked. Thank you. Had you only asked. Now that you didn't ask, see, now I'm upset. Now you've been deceptive. Now you've been dishonest. Now I've been disrespected. And now I'm about to be disruptive. (laughs) Okay? And all for no reason. No reason. And one thing, and I have to shout out Shameless Maya, because she really drilled this into my head because I initially... Early on in my career, very similar to conversations we've had, even as who I was as a creative, I was very concerned with how I appeared. And it was like, I always want to come off nice, da 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 da. And everything was the appearance and how I made people feel. And I would put people's feelings before mine. And one thing that I learned from Maya, there was a project that me and her were chosen for for a hair brand. And the hair brands basically kind of kept telling us, like, Prove your worth. Like, why should we do that? And Fine. why should we give you this money? And, well, you know, create a, a, like, not an Excel sheet, but some kind of, like, deck that basically, like, like sway us. Mm-hmm. Convince us on why we should. But they're the ones that came to us. Mm-hmm. So Maya was like, Figure it I'm out. not doing that shit. <laughs> and I was like, but Maya, this is a big opportunity because it was, like, a lot of money and it would have been a good look. She was like, no. Because they came to us because they know our worth. They know our worth. They Mm -hmm. know why they came to us. They know that there's something that we provide that they don't have on their own. And they're going to speak to us as such. And she was so clear about it. And I remember being so wowed that she was like, no, I don't work with people who don't get me. I don't work with people who make me chase I don't work with people who want me to get on my knees because of a bag they have to offer. Mm. Either you respect my craft and I respect yours and we understand the how it's mutually beneficial, like you just said, and we create something great or we don't work. And that fucking changed my life after that. Because something so simple. So simple. Mm-hmm. But I think when you come from a background, especially like us, we're mm-hmm. marginalized. Mm-hmm. A lot of the times you get very fearful of like, well, what if I don't get this other opportunity or this could be my big break? And sometimes you do compromise your worth or your needs or your value or how fly you fucking know you are. But you kind of like get on your knees a little bit because you just don't know if you're going to get something like this again, you know. And seeing her stand in her power like that up against this opportunity was like life altering for me. And I always tell her that. I'm like, yo, you don't know how you fucked me up when you did that because I needed that. I and look needed... how you paid it forward. Exactly. You I know needed... what I'm talking right. about. <laughs> Fran helped me with a business decision that literally changed how I viewed myself and your power and my power. And it, it literally, it just it completely enlightened me. And I, I told you. <laughs> right. And since then it has, it has literally shaped how the way that navigate. I've been making. And that's why I, I wish that there, we know there could be like workshops. I don't know. Maybe I'll create one. Maybe we can all come together, like and create some kind of panel that we travel with that has to do with being a black creative. Because it is so difficult sometimes, not just to create amazing content, because we're all super talented, we all have our gifts, but it's so interesting how people really want us to get on our knees 
to make a living off of these creations when in reality it's like I don't have to prove shit to you like like Maya said you're coming to me for a reason and I hate that little game and I have to say a lot of the times I've dealt with that in our own communities Mm -hmm. and I think that's been the biggest slap in the face because I remember the first time I worked with a a white brand let's just call it I'm just speaking transparently y'all and I remember I told them my rate what I needed in my rider, the way that I liked my trips to flow, the food that I, you know, like, and they were like, cool, done, done, (laughs) everything done. And I remember the ease of that trip. Everything I asked for was done. Everything, you know, my rate wasn't negotiated. They said yes so fast that I was like, fuck, I probably should have charged more. (laughs) You know, when you get kind of shook, like that was a fast yes. Right. That means it was another 5, 10K up in there. Yes. But then when I'm trying, like, <laughs> you know, that's just so real. But then with our communities, and I get it, man, I get it. We are marginalized. So these spaces are tight. These spaces are few and far between. We're up against so many big machines. That white machine had the budget. They had the space. They had the resources, you know, so they can kind of move with a different finesse when working with. I get it. I get it. But like Dustin said, there's a transparency that's missing, I think, when we do business together, where instead of saying this is way over my scope, it's more so of like, I'm not paying that or, well, why should I? And, you know, and it's this weird, how do I, it's like a weird energy in the exchange of of, of work sometimes. It's like something missing. Yeah, professionalism. <laughs> okay, and and then that, and then you and, feel guilty, and the conversation becomes, oh well, you know, and this these people did it this way, and they were horrible to work with, and you have this conversation with me, thinking that you're going to sully, you know, the other talent's reputation with me, when really, dog, I'm looking at you. Like, well, how the fuck am I supposed to have a professional respect for you if you're dogging them out to right. me? Right. I'm looking at you crazy now. So you just really have to, you really have to be careful with that. It takes a lot of focus. And this is why you should only do something that you're passionate about or that you love. So that that type of work and that type of care and that type of handling comes easy and comes naturally for you. Because yes. if you have to force that and you're not good at it, you're going to do shoddy business and your reputation is going to be completely shitted on beyond word of mouth. Right. Okay, your business will fail. Yeah. That's what will happen. And we all experienced that recently where someone was telling us about some of our peers who were difficult to work with. And they were very passionate in explaining it. But we know who they're talking about. We know how they roll. And the only thing that we know about them is that they don't play no games. They've worked hard to build up their brands to where they are. They've paid their dues. And if they say, I'm not staying in that shitty hotel. No, I'm not. You know, like, no, that's not the flight you're putting me on. No, there needs to be a, a slimmer gap between the, the flight and the hotel. Like, these aren't things that you should feel guilty about asking. And I am learning now the importance of ease Mm -hmm. and easefulness. You saw I tweeted that earlier. Mm -hmm. Easefulness Mm -hmm. and productivity. Those two things go hand in hand for me. Like that situation where the girl tried to put me on the train. um, Like she wasn't thinking about the easefulness in my craft and my work 
Why would you have me coming on a train to then speak to a large group and then be at an event for six hours when there, there was no easefulness in my day? Right. You didn't provide a healthy environment. And I think people don't think about that when they're working with each other. They don't think about that. And I wonder why. Like, why is that such a missing piece? When I did the Express ad, I kid you not, y'all, they have Palo Santo. Mm. They have fruit. Like, they studied my life. They were like, what are the what? things that she says on the friend zone? that she, They had a diffuser mm. with lavender. You know, like, they had flowers. I'm not saying you have to do that. Obviously, not everyone has the budget. But there's a care. They wanted to treat you like you was their friend. They focused on the details of how can we get the best friend today. There you go, and they got it. Because we all seen that commercial. Right. And that's what it comes to. You have to sometimes invest more in the experience than the profit. Mm. Because now if Express ever hits me, I will say yes in a heartbeat. In a For heartbeat. Sure. Because I walked away feeling like I got a good-ass campaign out of that because they made me feel good. You know? And even with my tour, the first year of my tour when we were doing it, that was out of my pocket. <laughs> out of my pocket. But I wasn't cutting corners. I wasn't like, well, y'all going to have to do this if you want to come to the tour. I was like, whatever I have to fucking do. I dipped into my savings. I made sure that those women on that tour did not know that there was no money. <laughs> All I knew was that I had to provide what Fran wants people to feel like. Mm. They had great food. They had beautiful spaces. They had no idea that I walked away from there and didn't make a <coughs> buck. If anything, I was in the hole. But I was still smiling, and I still made sure that that the environment I provided for them allowed them to walk away feeling like this was great. You know why? Because that's what made them come back, and that's why I had a sold-out tour the following year. And now I don't have to worry about money with the tour. And I wish people understood the value of experience, yeah. creating an experience for those you want to work with. You have to be patient and cutting corners. And I don't know, like, this is just something that's been bothering me because it's something I ha like I'm I think, like I said, because I'm I'm really stepping into myself as a businesswoman and my power and really like understanding my role in this scene and in this world. And the more you know yourself and, like, who you are and what you have to offer, you get very clear about what your day has to look like. Like, you as an actor, Dustin, you know what your day has to flow like for you to get on that set and hit those lines. You know. You know what you have to eat. You know, you know what I mean? You know when you come in the trailer what it kind of has to feel like. Like, these are things that you're going to step into and the the crossroad for us is not feeling bad about that not feeling guilty not feeling hollywood or high maintenance just understanding that this is just how i work <laughs> and that's okay but i find that there's a lot of pushback when you are that set on on who you are and how you function you people want, your want cake. you to bend you want your cake to taste right you got to have all the ingredients, okay? <laughs> so if you want the hmm. product to come out as something that was worthwhile and something that obviously you know the benefit from working with whoever it is that you're seeking to work with, if you want them at their best, please just treat them right. Please just make them comfortable. 
please just show them that you understand the value of the service that they're providing so that they can then happily provide that service for you because I guarantee you that if you make someone comfortable and feel worthy and respected, they're going to deliver, but they're also going to go above and beyond. You'll end up getting more from them than you initially even asked for just because they're appreciative of you appreciating them. I really like what you said about the cake tasting right Mm -hmm. because it's almost like if you're the chef and you're making it, you have to get all the ingredients and you have to pay a certain premium for a certain ingredients that you want to make your cake taste a certain way that you need it to taste. There's no way around it. And you have to put in the time and wait while you're baking it. You can't just sit up here and buy all this stuff and expect the cake to make itself or the eggs to crack themselves before you put them in there. You got to do this all and you have to handle it all with care. And I think people need to look at that as the recipe for their their businesses. And there it is. Flat out. <laughs> so what advice mm-hmm. as a takeaway do you have for those who may still be a little fearful of, like, stating their needs and being strong in that? And, God, I wish I could remember who it was. But someone was tweeting that one thing they're working on is being clear in their feelings and not writing LOL to soften the blow. (laughs) And I don't know why that impacted me so much because I was like, it's something that we all really struggle with Mm -hmm. of being afraid to state our needs point blank. There's no LOL. There's no gif or meme to make you giggle after so you don't think I was being a bitch. Like, this is it. Period. And that's the end of the sentence. (laughs) And I'm like, it's something we struggle with. That's why I open all my professional emails with the words, bust this. Because I feel like that way they know I'm not playing. I'm like, so bust this. <laughs> this what I need? No, I'm just playing. <laughs> not bust Put this. Put them on notice. <laughs> but how are you guys navigating that? You know What's what? What's your takeaway? I just think that everyone needs to remember that ultimately they are seeking an opportunity to grow their business and develop some sort of professional credibility and um, integrity. And I don't think that they can arrive there being deceptive and or unnecessarily cutting corners without being transparent with the people that they're working with. So if you remember those things and you approach business dealings that way and you're upfront and honest with everybody involved in the deal, I think that is literally the recipe for success. Mm -hmm. And you'll avoid a lot of pitfalls and problems and just a lot of negative impact from your work for years to come. You'll avoid all of that just by being honest. So just tell the truth. Tell the truth about what you can do. Tell the truth about what you can't do. And as talent, tell the truth about what you will do and the truth about what you won't do so that everybody can enter into it happy and leave up out of it happy it should be just like a bedroom (laughs) (laughs) oh my god this makes me think of when i was younger and i was in atlanta and model mayhem first started popping off oh wow (laughs) (laughs) model mayhem was like a mess then right because it's a bunch of photographers on here and it's a bunch of models on here and you don't know how seasoned anyone is because it's like the game of photoshop is entered as well right so you have to play this game of as a model when you reach out to a photographer, you know, do you pay the rate that they give you because, you know, it might be outrageous, but at the same time, you know how how great your picture is going to look 
Or do you run the risk of trying to work something out with them and say, hey, I feel like I'm a model that can offer you something really good if we could just work something out, um, you know, to where you do a discount or, you know, do it for free and, you know, we can make money on the back end somehow. I think that there is this kind of trait that goes into that and there's this thinking and almost this transparency that there is presented there, right? Because you have to negotiate, but in a way that you say, um, this is what I have to offer where I feel like, you know, can fill in maybe for the monetary or change for it. Like a barter system. A barter. I was just about to say. Absolutely. Yeah. Yeah, they used to call it TFP or TFCD, like trade for pictures. But um, when I think if you were able to, as a business, say that there is some sort of bartering, you know, available. Because as a business, if you want to negotiate a rate, there has to be like a good reason to do so. Like, I think that it sucks when businesses just try to cut their rates to save in this area or give more in this area. And it's like, it just doesn't look like you care about someone when you do that. So it's like if you are trying to renegotiate a rate and you want to offer like, hey, um, w- what if we do a little bit more of this and that to make up for um, us not being able to process this rate for you? As opposed to just being like, um, can we do this? Because it's almost like, well, no, you know, I've set this price because I've worked this hard and I should never have to negotiate that. that- like. I mean, you know what you're, you know, you should know when you're paying for something, what you're getting. So if you hit somebody up and they say, this is what, you know, how much I cost, you should be like, you know what, I'm going to pay that because I know this is what I'm going to get. And it shouldn't be that hard. So if you have to say no to people because they don't want to give you what you're requiring, you know, it's not going to happen. If it happens consistently, then you might need to reevaluate what you're doing with your pricing or you just might not have met the right people that really understand what you're trying to go out for. And I think that's an important thing to look at when people are investing in you and you're aligning yourself with businesses, too. Because if someone's not going to offer you something because they feel like you don't got it, they might not even know fully what you have and working with them is going to bring your brand down. Because they're not trying to offer everything that you need or highlighting everything you need highlighted anyway. So I think walking away is fine. It shouldn't be anything that you really think about and cry over as much as people want to put you in that position, especially as actors. When you're acting, they say, "Uh, one out of a million, get this. But each and every person is special. So I feel like as long as you keep working at your craft, you're going to get your break when you're supposed to get it. And it's not going to take away by negotiating what you need to negotiate. You going to say something? No, I just, you know, (laughs) I just feel like it's certain shit you just shouldn't even have to say. If I have to explain to you that I'm priced a certain way because, like, this is, like, how you was just saying, like, this is the work that I've done. This is why I'm worth this much. I'm on my Maya shit. I'm sorry. Like, I should, that that is the first and last sign that we don't even need to be in conversation. Right. And not in an arrogant, please, I hope people don't mistake that for, like, arrogance or anything like that. It's about you having a dream and putting in work day in and day out, physical work, mental work, spiritual work to get that dream, to realize that dream, and then somebody telling you that it's not worth anything when you have literally worked your ass off. And And that's why it's never arrogance, because there's a record of work to validate your worth. You get what I'm saying? So, And a lot of us base our rates you, on that work. You can't assume. That's why. That's what I mean when I say you have to have respect. You can't be phony and assume, you know, that you're this person who's worth this amount of money or worth this request, whatever, when there's no work to back it up. And B, how if you're seeking me out to represent or endorse you as a brand, I need to be confident in you. Mm-hmm. And I need to be confident in, in what you do as a business. And if you are nickel and diming me about a day rate or whatever rate we're talking about for the project, 
that's not making me feel like, you know, your goal should be to make me as confident in you as a brand as you can. And if you nickel and diamond me and shit like that, then I'm going to look at you like a nickel and diamond person. Like we had a flea market and I'm about to, you know, you said 25, I got $15 in my pocket. Take it. <laughs> you know, that's that's right. the amount of respect I'm going to have for your right. business savvy. That's all I want to say. I, f- yeah. I really like the idea of looking at it as being in a grocery store. Like imagine if we're all items on a shelf. You're not going to pick up the can of beans and be like, ooh, these are too expensive. Let me go to the front and see if I could negotiate exactly. this price. No. That's like, how much it costs. You either go and buy them or you're going to put them back down and get the store brand. You might have a coochie coupon. <laughs> <laughs> not a coochie coupon. <laughs> you know. Because it's terrible that brands, <laughs> these brands will all make you feel like you store-bought. And it's like, if you just tell them, no, you're not store-bought, they're going to go get somebody store-bought. <laughs> and I think that that should be okay. You as a person should be like, I'm not store-bought, and that's okay. The people that need to be store-bought need to work that experience and have those experiences with those brands that might need to get that work in. You know, it just might not be for you, and I hate that sometimes when we turn things down, we're like, damn, I turned this down because, uh, you know, this amount of money. But at the same time, they weren't willing to budge on anything or even come back to you and say, hey, well, we don't have this money, but this is why we want to align and we, and we would really, you know, want to work something out. I feel like when people at least try to meet you in the heart, um, at that point, if you decide you want to work with them and do something, you can even go as far as being like, okay, well, maybe I can help you in this role. Like, I feel like Dustin was saying a lot of that earlier because that way you can make the uh, the project look a certain way and help out and have a bigger role in it. And then that way everyone leaves so much happier and you've given back in such a different way. And I feel like even with you, friend, paying for your whole fe- uh, tour the first time out. Come on. And, and then like, they paying for themselves and doubling up. And no up, one knowing like, that. And, and nobody like knowing that. Because it's not like I used that. the victimized, like, well, I'm paying out of pocket. No. I was like, you didn't send no emails out to the girls. no emails. Like, oh, I don't know if I can do this. If you all could just do uh, pay this. You put or, the work in. I put the work you in. You put the work in. That there's all you there is no such thing as a a quick break, a free break, none of that shit. Even when you as a business are requesting someone's services pro bono, there's work done in what you've presented to them to persuade them to say, yes, this is something I believe in, want to offer my services to. No one in the world is going to say, oh, well, okay, well, I'll just hook you up. Get the concept of the hookup completely out of your mind yes. or else you're never going to go anywhere. Especially You'll us black people. Especially us black people. You did people. that work and look at your tour, friend. Right, and I think in me using even that as an example when you are, and this is for those of you who are building your brands and trying to align with people who already have built them, don't be afraid to, to like start small. Everyone wants to jump right into the big pool. If you are a, a concert promoter, don't try to book Drake if you have local money. You can't do that. It's you not fair. And I think that's a problem. I remember once uh, a brand said, well, the same brand that was like, well, so-and-so, you know, is only charging this. Okay, well, I'm not so-and-so. And I was so offended because the girl she mentioned had probably only been on YouTube for like a year. <laughs> like, of course it's, she's charging and, that. And, and that's completely the difference. Because even of look at... Of course she's charging that. Like, I've been on online for like, f- what, three or four years at that point. Why would me and her be charging the same thing? And she was just a girl that just had cute curly-haired pictures on Instagram. No shade to that, but that's 
that's not even my work. Like we're in two totally different worlds and you're trying to pit me up against this, you know, young girl who's doing her thing and trying to act like me and her is supposed to give you the same rate. Like, don't do that. Don't try to nickel and dime me. Don't try to hustle me out the work that I know. Do you know why I know my rate? And I've told you guys the story before offline. I was actually telling Dustin while we were in London the first time I shouted out a beauty brand on YouTube, the first time I ever did it, didn't even know the girl. I did it because I genuinely loved her product. She was indie, um, used it, loved it. Anyone you guys have ever heard me shout, I've always bought it myself. I've never hit anyone saying, yo, can you send me this product? Right. Never. I buy it. I use it. If I like it, I shout them out. The only way I use something I haven't bought is if the person hits me up and says hey can i send this to you then i say sure but if i shouted them out trust that i bought it myself i don't hustle mm. indie brands that's another thing that i hate people be like can you send me some no mm -hmm. so i had I, I mentioned her on youtube months later she i was in her I happened to be in her city and she asked me to go to dinner she was like i want to take you out to dinner and she goes you know i made twenty thousand dollars off of you do you know how shook I was? Wow. I looked at her like she was crazy because wow. I hadn't even seen a $20,000 check in my life. Not even off of myself. No one had offered me $20,000. I'd never made $20,000. I don't think I ever seen the amount. So for her to say she made that off of me, that was school right there because that's where we don't understand our power sometimes. Our word of mouth. We don't understand our cosigns. We don't know. And she gave me a number. She put a number in my face. And even with these wellness segments, you see when we mention people, whether it's an artist, what happens? The A&R hits us up. Why? Because they see the power in the mention. Mm -hmm. A product I mentioned, what happens? People start tweeting me, it's sold out. Fran mentioned it. You know what I mean? It's all jokes a lot of times. Like, oh, shit, you mentioned now there's not going to be apple cider vinegar and Trader Joe's. But why do people make those jokes? Because I've been putting in the work. Years since 2009, I have been on Twitter talking about health. Okay, 2009. So don't be afraid to build. It's 2017, and I'm just now feeling capable enough to have a tour. 2009 to 2017. Do you see the grind? Why did it sell out? Because I've been here. Don't be afraid to put in the work. You have to. You have to. That's how you build a reputation that's how you build funding that's how you build networks and ecosystems you know i've taken bait this is the, this year and last year i will say are probably the first times that i've been making money like making money i haven't been making money since 2009 i'm just hitting certain figures in the past two years you know how crazy that's 2016 and 2017 <laughs> i started in 09 wow work work and those of you who have been putting the work do not Stop. feel bad do not feel bad by knowing your value set your rates i remember i told dustin that set your rate and they can take it or leave it it's that simple and a lot of times people just want to see if they can call your bluff and when you say this is my rate and turn around usually they come back <laughs> they're like okay 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 they just wanted to see if they could lowball you I hate that that's how business is, but that's what capitalism is. Yeah. Getting more for less. It's just how the way the structure works. So, I don't know. Hopefully, 
that put a fire in some of your asses to not, you know, allow people to trick you <laughs> and to stand firm and not be afraid to be called difficult or don't be called a bitch. Yourself. Yeah, so what? I don't even care anymore. When people say I'm difficult, I'm like, yes, because I work hard. I should be difficult. <laughs> For me, I have to look at them like if you think that's difficult, yeah, then if you think clearly that's difficult. you're not ready. <laughs> then you don't have your ducks in a row. You're supposed to be solving problems as they come at all times. Like if you think that this is difficult, then you are not the person to do this work with me. It's also a great way to keep yourself in check as far as sharpening your skill set and making sure that you're at your best and you're actually performing at a level that is deserving of a certain amount of compensation if that's what the situation is. Because you can't just run around talking about how you got to pay me what I'm worth and you're not worth what you want them to pay you. Well, right? yeah, you know what I mean, I'm saying? there definitely so, has to be a yeah. portfolio that goes along. Right, <laughs> and, it, and it makes you, and if you, that's something you aspire to be able to do, it's a great motivator. Like, Absolutely. hey, you know what, I want to be viewed as a certain level. And so I'm going to work hard on my craft and I'm going to get good enough at what I do so that I can decide how much I cost. Right. Right. But that takes the work that we just talked about. So as long as you have an understanding of that, you know, then tell them how much money you want. Shit. (laughs) (laughs) Well, hopefully that was a good conversation. I think it was important. You see how we were all fiery because I think it's just levels that you start reaching. And you want to be a humanitarian, you want to support your community, but you don't want to sacrifice yourself to do that. You got to love it. You got to love it enough to work hard for it. What are you willing to do? What did we say last time? A life of service is not a life of sacrifice. So ain't. You hear me? Meet me halfway. Peace pipe, crack pipe. Same (laughs) thing. Okay. It's so so much of that, like... um, old school like oh come on brother you can't just help a brother as out. soon as you say brother you get hustled <laughs> hey now sister i know you can help me out you can go <laughs> ahead and hook it up for me it's like no i can't Sorry. that devalues me and you that's what people don't realize right. when you ask for that hookup and you weren't ready for that look it doesn't make you it doesn't put you at a certain level it makes you and the other person look worse so you're devaluing both of us by even asking this because say we did it it's like, what the fuck? Doesn't even make sense. You know what I mean? So it's <laughs> like a backwards. dud. It's a missed opportunity. But I could talk about this forever. It's just, man, listen. <laughs> so many, even at the Jamaican spot. We gotta do a part two. Everybody yeah. at the Jamaican spot, they be like, oh, give me extra this or extra that. I'd be like, you know what? I'm gonna pay extra up in here because I want the Jamaican spot to always be here. I don't want them to be like, well, we had to close down because we too. gave out too much food. Yeah. That too. It's like, this is some bullshit. We gotta stop with the hookup culture, man. Like, we need to uh, do reverse hookup culture and be like... And pour into shit. Hell yeah. That's so, seriously. Like, if someone says, oh, this is my rate. If you have it to give more and you can, be like, you know what? I need to support this art. Because it's on that hookup culture, if you're like, oh, give me a, uh, give me half of that, then you take it away from that business and you're shutting it down. And then yeah. you ain't making nothing else either. So it's like, and you support, just it out. You know what? That made me think, too. Support your friends. Mm-hmm. Yes. There are a lot of people I know that their friends will have shows or merch or selling art or some kind of service they provide and they be trying, oh, let me see if I can get them to put me on the list. No, that's how your friend is eating. Buy the ticket, buy the art. Don't ask for a discount. Don't be like, oh, come on, girl. Like, no, if that's your friend's rate, make them feel good about that. Like, I I buy all of my friends' shit. A lot of times I won't even tell them and they'll just see me have it on. Like, that necklace you guys always see me that I have on, that's Sham Booty from YouTube, who's the homie. 
I didn't even tell her. She didn't send it to me. I bought it. And then she saw it in my Instagram pictures and was like, bitch, what? Yeah. When did you get that? I'm like, girl, I've been wearing it for months because it wasn't for me to try to get it from my friends so I could put it online. It was like, this is how she eats. And not only is this how she eats, I'm about to put it online. And I tagged it in my picture so that people know where I got my necklace. And that's how she figured out I had it on. <laughs> like, yeah. And to me, it's important. Like, contribute to the ecosystem this is the only way that we can make the ecosystem work you can't just drink out of it you gotta pour in too especially and it's the last thing i promised (laughs) but especially if you're a creative and your ass is selling something you should be the first motherfucker in line to purchase somebody else's goods and or service because you know what it's like to be in a position where you're trying to make some money based on something that you believe in so you should be the first hard. person to recirculate those very dollars that someone paid you because they believed in your product. You should mm-hmm. be the first one. Agreed. Woo. I mean the first one. <laughs> <laughs> no more <row> uno. <laughs> so that's it. I feel like I've said that three times. So that's it. Wait, this one more. <laughs> no, I'm just. <laughs> <laughs> and of course, we're gonna have a part two in a couple of weeks, yeah. where we promised you guys that we would have a business episode where we discuss the apps that we use and just things that are facilitating our lives as we navigate these business spaces. Because we want you guys to, to you know, come up as well. So those are the jewels and the gems. Okay, but that'll business be coming spaces, up soon, right? Juice juice. <laughs> but hopefully, that helped you guys. Some way, somewhere, and somehow. Yes, Lord. Don't forget, this week's episode of The Friend Zone is brought to you by Form. Form is the premium hair care collection dedicated to making every hair journey simpler and better. Form was inspired by your own hair care journey and delivers uncompromising performance without sacrificing the health of your hair. So it all starts with your hair goals, your life, your style. And after taking the Form consultation, you will be delivered a Form regimen complete with selected products, styling techniques, and care tips that are tailored to you. I told you guys that I have been using the form products that were sent for my particular hair type, and I absolutely love the conditioner. If I had to pick a fave that I have to take with me everywhere to travel, it would be that. Like I said, the slip, those of you with natural hair understand how important that is. That slip that helps that comb or your fingers, whatever you use to detangle your hair, it just helps you get through those knots. The knots literally melt like butter. So try it you have to test it out you guys know i wouldn't steer you in the wrong direction just like their big brother brand bevel the for the folks at forum were tired of seeing the women they love struggle to find hair care that was personal effective and high quality are you ready to treat yourself well then get 10 percent off of your entire form order when you visit formbeauty.com forward slash friend zone the discount will be automatically applied at checkout once again, that's formbeauty.com forward slash friend zone. Get personal, y'all, with form. Let's jump into this week's wellness segment, shall we? Well, 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 Speaking of well, before we get started, friend, I have um, something I want to read from you for the emails. Mm-hmm. Uh, shout out to Naya, who emailed. Uh, she Her name is much longer than that, but she gave me the nickname to call her that. Thank you so much for that. Nice. Subject is therapy for black girls. Hey, friends, you guys need to know that your wellness segment a while ago that gave the list of all the therapists of color 
broken down by state, really made an impact. Mm. Because of that list, I was able to find a therapist in my area. And my therapist told me ever since y'all gave the information, she has had eight referrals to see women of color. <gasps> yes, God. And she told me she doesn't normally see women of color. So that's huge. <gasps> oh, yes. look, I have chills. <laughs> oh. I want you guys to know that you are really making an impact on our community, and I love you guys so much. Please keep sharing information. We love you, and we need you. Warmest regards. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Naya. I needed that. Thank you. I needed that. That was Naya Lee. (laughs) (laughs) Naya Lee. You know, she's still uptown. Shout out to Naya Lee. Oh, that was so freaking beautiful. Talk about ecosystem, That's right. So I I want to start you off with that, friend. Thank you. (laughs) Give you a a pour in to you, friend, as you start. This is Naya (laughs) poured in. The hand is my favorite part. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, I love that. That was so necessary. Okay. You just set the tone. So for this week's wellness segment, I wanted to talk about wellness being more intuitive. Mm. And when I say that is because there are a lot of gurus now. There are a lot of wellness tours now. There are a lot of blogs. There's a lot of, a lot of, a lot. And a lot of people get lost on who do I believe and who do I listen to and I think it's time that you guys started listening to yourselves over any of us yes we can give you tips that may like shed light on directions to turn to or what things to try but I notice this happening online where for example I'll mention plants and I'll show my plants and I know Asante and I were talking on Twitter about him being a Clarence. <laughs> yeah, I'm going to join. I'm going to get a kid. <laughs> Did you see Steen wrote uh, Plant Parenthood and I yeah. died? I was like, I can't stay, y'all. Shout out to <laughs> Steen Fox. Shout out to Steen Fox. But um, people love to ask me, like, what plant should I get? Or what plant will help me with this? Or what plant? Or I read, and I want to tell you guys that Yes, you can read that and follow it if that is what makes you comfortable. But you know what I think is even cooler? If you go to a plant shop, go to a plant shop and let the plant talk to you. Just feel it out. It's no different than you going shopping for clothes. You ask people, hey, what's, you know, no, you go into the store, you buy the pants that call out to you that that fit your style that you want to wear that go into the that aligns with the look you're going for. And And wellness should be no different. If you see a plant, buy it. It called mm. out to you for a reason. Don't focus on, oh, I want, you know, this type of plant because it helps with sleep. Like, I there, I have a cactus in my room. And technically, with feng, with feng shui, you're not supposed to have a cactus in your room. Really? Why is that? Because they say that the pins shoot out energy that is too lively for a room where you're supposed to be settling down and sleeping. Mm. You have to think of it as as late like lasers kind yeah. of, and it kind of goes against the energy of a bedroom. What if you're a night owl? What do you mean? Like, what if you be up at night? So it's so, cool. So it's you kind know of like saying? a nightlight, <laughs> yeah. if you will. I mean, energy, hey, you know, like yeah, <laughs> like, like I need them. Pins. I need to circulate at nighttime a little bit. You know? <laughs> oh, you said a night owl. Why did yeah. I hear Idaho? <laughs> <laughs> That's why I was like, what no what he was like. Well, what you mean? I was like, what do you mean, what the if I'm in house. Idaho? <laughs> so I looked at you like, I don't get it. What's the joke? But you know what? <laughs> what the hell would a cactus be doing in Idaho? Now that we think about it. So either way, you know. That's <laughs> why so I looked at you like, what? Prayer was it's like, I love you, but nigga, what you is you talking about in Idaho? I don't know. I ain't the, I, 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 I'm not hired. <laughs> 
know, but if you read different things, they tell you where to put plants and where not to put them. And uh-huh. listen, I get it. Feng Shui is like hundreds and hundreds of years old and people swear by it. I respect it. This is not me saying not to listen to it. But I also think that your intuition should trump everything that you read. And that goes for everything, for science, online, fake news, like whatever. <laughs> like you should always... And we've said it before, you know the truth, but how it makes you feel. Does it resonate? Does it feel true? And I think, you know, with plants, buy the one that, put the one in your room that you want to put in your room. And if you feel like your sleep got worse, then guess what? Your sleep is telling you that that plant shouldn't be in your room. If you feel your sleep got better, guess what? You just intuitively figured out that this plant helps you sleep better. And maybe it won't help Asante sleep better but it'll help me sleep better. We're all going to respond to stimulus differently. And I think you should really attack your your wellness uh, decisions based on you and how your body responds to things. Same thing with essential oils. People love to ask me, mm. well, the bottle says that it's for calm. And, and I, you know, I actually love this because we discussed this on the wellness tour where one girl was saying that the bottle said, I think, no, actually it was lavender. She was saying that even though people say it's calming, that for her it actually makes her hyper. I I, Mm -hmm. I agree. Yeah, and she was... supposed to be like a soothing scent. Yeah, she was like, when people write about it, they usually make it seem like you put it to go to sleep on your feet. Or, you know, she was like, but for me, I use it in the morning. Like, it gets me up and running and going. And you know what? I love that she said that because that to me was so important because she didn't listen to the bottle that said calm. Or grounding, <laughs> or the blogs who love to talk about what lavender does and doesn't do. She's spraying calm she, before the club. Right. <laughs> and don't be turning that into no meme for y'all asses get started. I better not see one meme that says, she didn't listen to the bottle. Oh my God. <laughs> she went ahead. And I don't want to see none of that. <laughs> Go ahead, friend. Yeah. <laughs> no, but I love that she said that because to me it was important that she spoke up with such clarity. Mm-hmm. And it's similar to the hot button issue where, sh- where we're saying, like, just know what it is that works for you and what doesn't. And so I love that she was like, no, that's not what I use it for. I use it for this. I had fun. <laughs> <laughs> and I love that. And I and she really inspired me. And, and we've been discussing that on the tour as a whole, just how to use oils based on how they make you feel. And the same thing with food. If someone says eat X, Y, and Z because it energizes you, and you find that that shit makes you feel terrible. Right, like Benadryl. <laughs> and you find that it doesn't actually energize you. And people say, oh, put chia seeds in your smoothie for extra this. And you're like, I don't know, but it doesn't make you feel that way. Guess who you should listen to? Yes, so. Listen to your heart. You know what I mean? And I want people to be way more intuitive with their wellness your how you feel about something should always be the priority over what i say it makes you feel like i was saying even last week like about running and someone was like i hate running (laughs) in the soundcloud they were like it makes you feel terrible then you should definitely not run right (laughs) do not listen to me you know get your jump rope if you hate jump rope like the whole point of my wellness segments is never to tell you what to do it's more so to prompt your curiosity. Exactly. Because my curiosity has been prompted by all these different things I'm trying. There are tons of things that uh, I read online and I'm like, girl, that doesn't work. But I would never tell the person. <laughs> I wouldn't like tweet them. I just know it doesn't work for me. It could very well work for them. 
So that's just something I wanted to put out in the atmosphere because I think in the age of influencers, people are listening to too many people and not listening to themselves enough. Yeah. And I know coming from an influencer, (laughs) it's counterproductive. But I say that because I want you to not listen to us as much. And that's that's just my message. You know? I feel that. We're in overload. We are in overload. I mean, at this point, <laughs> there are people telling you how your makeup should look. Baby. What outfit to wear. What shoes go with what dress. What oil works. What you should eat. I mean, we're like robots out here. What you eat don't make me shit. <laughs> You know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. <laughs> so, and no a lot thank of the you. times, people, even with like my my clothing style, where people will say, "Oh, I think you know you're cool because you don't really wear like what everyone else is wearing." Because I don't go on Instagram to decide what my outfits right. should be. I don't Let me look up fitspiration. Yeah, I don't look. I don't follow fashion bloggers so that I can go out and get the whole fit. Mm-hmm. I might see a piece or two and be like, "Oh, I know how I could flip that," and I flip it and into what I. And then I flip it into how Fran would wear it. It doesn't mean that I'm going to go get her fit from head to toe because she said that this was on trend, you know? And I think this is sort of the generation we live in. And that's why the social media influencing shit, as much as I love it, I'm blessed. I've been able to make a career out of it. I low-key hate it. Yeah. Because it's like taking people's interest and thinking for themselves away. But that's a, that's what's so dope about what you do and what can be a great example for other people because your influence is just like anything else. You should use it for the greater good. Right. So why not use your influence like you do to work with brands that you believe in, to endorse products that you've tested and used and you trust? Yeah. You've always said that you're your own source. Right. You know what I mean? Because it is very easy to get lost in just... All of that mess. It's a lot of stimulus. And, yeah. I, and, and you know, I'm thankful in little ways. Like, even the people that have been like, yo, I've been drinking three liters of water. Like, granted, that's water. We all should be drinking water. I'm thankful that you guys uh, listen to that advice, you know. But I also want you to drink the water and be like, does this make me feel better? You know what I mean? Like, Fran said it gave her energy. But, like, did it give you energy? Like, you know, focus on that. Try it because I said I love that you guys respect me so much. That means the world to me. But also pay attention. Like, don't force anything that doesn't fit because, it's you know, not everything is one size fits all. Wellness is going to work differently for everybody. It's like fashion. Right. Not everything works for everybody, you know? It doesn't. Sometimes you just have the money to get those labels, but that don't mean that it's going to look right on you. So you have to actually take the time out to try it and fit and see what works for you and what you like and how it makes you feel. Agreed. It's like 10,000 spoons when all you need is a knife. (laughs) It's meeting the man of her dreams. And then meeting his beautiful wife. (laughs) And isn't that ironic? (laughs) Don't you think? It's like, like Ryan. Ryan. <laughs> on your wedding, wedding day, day is a free ride. <laughs> oh, that's, that's a Woo. <laughs> There you go. Motherfucking Alanis. Oh, we just ruined someone's ears right now. They're going to okay. hate us. They, 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 they thought Sorry, this, y'all. They're, oh, shit. <laughs> they're, 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 they're
<laughs> they did not see that coming. Sorry. Well, maybe Ooh, this will make up for it. Up. Where's my that was a good Look, that was a good boost. <laughs> Thanks for pouring in. Okay. Ecosystem. Isn't it ironic? And with that being said, <laughs> now let's jump on <laughs> to Mr. Music, man. Hey. Mr. What you got for us this week? <laughs> you know what? I love y'all so much. And I cannot wait for the movement. I really I really want there to be a movement of black people to come together and sing all those alternative songs and for us to take over like the alternative scene. We gotta have another white radio episode. Please. Black absolutely. White radio too. Black absolutely have white radio too. Because white music really have gave a lot to the music. <laughs> for I mean, real. Listen, it's some good music songs that I happen soon. to be white. We'll but do you a know wild what? Episode what yes. I, yes. One of those one right? of those things about that is that white people people that I hate to be, you know being racist like this or say stuff like this but they could have 10 million of the same thing out and I think that it sucks <laughs> that as black people we don't embrace like we have to pit each other against each other and say there can only be that one so I really just kind of hate and love the fact that we can have Britney Spears and Christina Aguilera at the same fucking time along with all these other manufacture hoes <laughs> but for like black people it was like we kind of were having that but then we kind of started tumbling people down and saying oh well this sounds like this and that sounds like that and I think it sucks because we always say oh well it sounds like too much of the same thing so with all of this said <clears throat> I've been watching the new uh, Rick Ross show uh, oh, ha- have you been watching I still haven't seen I it. haven't okay well with the spirit of signed, uh, I think that there were some things, there were some issues that I was kind of running into, and I think it might be a uh, age thing or a uh, lack of experience thing. I'm not sure. Anyway, on the first episode, one of the rappers, um, I think they had to go, into, it's uh, the three judges, right? Rick Ross, The Dream, and um, who do I always forget? Because I just always see this Beyonce Is it jacket. Lenny S? Lenny yes. S. I just always see the Beyonce jacket. I don't know why I can't remember. <laughs> um, and Lenny S. So they sit in the, uh, the studio and they have the artists come into the booth and perform some of their song. And then uh, they critique them. So in the first episode, uh, one of the gentlemen comes into the booth. He does his rap and uh, he immediately takes a shot at uh, Drake, I believe. And so then... Damn, out the gate? The execs are kind of like looking at him like, no. <laughs> like, you know, you pretty much you're nobody, you broke, and you taking shots at Drake. And plus, you in a room with the execs, you don't even know Drake, and you don't know who these people know to do all this. Um, one of the things that I did not like was, you know, hey, why would you do that? As an artist, you need to be focusing on your craft and, you know, prove who you are and what you want to be. But I thought that it was crazy that the dream and them, how they reacted, it was well within reason because they're legends and they've worked. But um, it almost brought up this conversation to me about... Um, respecting what that's supposed to mean because for this kid he thought that he you know it was just a, a fire bar and it's almost like he didn't take it seriously and i think that he thought he was just doing a job versus it being like an art a craft so i'm instead of doing like a regular music man segment i wanted to know how often do you judge an artist for being more of um someone that gives you music versus them, uh, what they actually put into that music and, and what's behind it. Because for this kid, I think he just thought he was taking a shot and it was a clever bar versus it being like, you know, I'm a clever rapper and this is how I pour into my, how I pour into my art and show it to people. Do you, uh, when you pick up an artist, do you really judge them more for that? Or do you just think that they're catchy or does it not matter? Hmm. Because on a small scale, I was just trying to listen to the Ugly God um, project. 
And I'm like, I always run into this issue where everybody has really good production, but they ain't talking about shit. <laughs> so it's like, yeah, the production is great. And I want to say it's cool that there can be a million of these same type of artists. Right. But what about the real uh, artists out there that are trying to get to somebody because, you know, they actually have something to say? It's This is always a tough conversation for me because I, I am... I am... I'm a, I can't even speak English. I'm of the school of thought that there's a place and a time for everything. Mm. You know, there are times where I'm in a hype mood and... Um, you know, a more conscious rapper, maybe like a Kendrick or Andre 3000 or J. Cole, if I'm like pre-gaming to go to like a concert or a party, you know, they might not fit the bill. I might want to listen to XXX Tentacion. <laughs> I'm just kidding. Y'all don't, don't write, <laughs> don't write me about that. Um, But you know what I'm saying? Like right. there's a time and a place. Like when I said I, I, I made that flex like, ooh, like, like, ooh, that playlist, <laughs> That's because those little ratchet kids are perfect when you're just running <laughs> a couple miles in the park and you need to hear some ignorant, clever bars that are most likely terrible to listen to. But in that moment when I need to gas myself because I need to pump dopamine into my body and, and remind myself how fly I am so I can get through this damn mile, <laughs> they're perfect. The shit they're talking, Lil Pump, uh, Cardi B... <laughs> <laughs> I need to hear those lines. Even before we got on stage in London, mm -hmm. we didn't play Kendrick. We played Cardi B. We were yep. back there like, say a little bitch. Okay. You can't fuck talk to me if you wanted to. See, I done fucked up the line. You can't fuck with me if you wanted to. But why did we need that? Because we needed that hypeness in yes. that moment to kind of like get you in that space of like, you can't fuck with me if you wanted to. That's how we were about to go out on stage. And guess what happened? We slayed it. So, I don't know. I think, yeah, it's sad sometimes because I do know a lot of incredible artists that are not getting put on, don't have resources or access to these deals, and then these little kids who ain't talking about shit. Literally. I forget what song I heard, and the kids said, I can't even remember the line. I got to remember it. But he said something so stupid. Like, he, like, rhymed a, lot, a word with, like, sounds, like, like blah 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 I don't know but it was something so dumb that I like busted like, out like laughing like you saw me today and then we said hey or something right. like that it's like, and what? it's just like oh my god like I laughed I was like this is sad like this kid probably got millions and millions of dollars and he's touring the world and then meanwhile we have someone like India Sean yes. who has records like Galaxy and yes. Mermaid Song with James Fauntleroy and she's like fighting and for us and neither do we and and right oh. from projects like Origin Origin <laughs> and she's fighting for a space and the fact that that space isn't there for her that's when it becomes a difficult conversation for me so I don't know, but you know these kids are making it. I think it was Lil Yachty that Joe Budden was going at him. Yeah, and Lil Yachty was like, "Yo, I'm just a young kid having fun and making music." And there's an element of that that's true. It's like he's just a young kid having fucking fun. He, for whatever reason, people love his music and they're paying him for it. What's he supposed to do? Not take the opportunity? You know, it's just the card he was dealt, and he's just making the best of it. Unfortunately, you know, someone like a Joe Budden. <laughs> for whatever reason, wasn't dealt the same cards, even though he's extremely talented. I don't know. It's it's a tough conversation. You know, I have... I don't listen to music artists for the same reason. I don't listen to every artist to be satisfied or 
um, nourished right. in the same manner. Right. So there are certain artists that you listen to their music for depth. There are other artists that you listen to their music simply to enjoy. That's literally mm. the only reason you listen. So I don't have lofty expectations. I didn't listen to uh, It's an Album with the same <laughs> ear. You know what I mean? With the same it's ear fucking album. that I listened to, um, you know, 2017 Forest or 20. What is Forest Hills? What's the J. Cole album? Yeah, Forest, yeah, Forest Hills. Hills. Forest Hills Drive or whatever. whatever. You know what mm-hmm. I'm saying? I didn't listen to those two albums the same way. I don't, I don't listen to you know uh i don't know who some, i don't listen to kaya's albums you know what i'm saying the for the same outcast. the same that i listen to like a seat at the table right. right you know what i mean i don't walk away with the same experience so and that's fine mm-hmm. because there just like you said there's a place for everything so i kind of hate it when people force you to make a choice or make a statement almost in what you're willing to listen to i i much rather be allowed the freedom to kind of listen to what the fuck I want to when I want to. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. I hate the fact that we're now in this pace, this place where what you enjoy says something about you. It does not. You know what I'm saying? I, I love the Baddest Bitch album by <laughs> Trina. You know what I'm saying? Like, I love that album. But it doesn't mean that I identify with certain things. Right. It just makes me happy. I have a good time listening to it. Right. So, even that's all. And uh, one last thing I want to say I don't think the problem is in the artists. It's not. There should be the little Yachtis and there should be the Melaroos. Mm-hmm. We need them all. The problem is in the gatekeepers in the industry who are deciding who should be bigger, who should be allowed, who gets the more, the more. The bigger tours, the more resources, that's the problem. And usually it's white old men who are not a part of the culture, who don't understand the value in us needing the Amels and needing the Yachtis. And they just kind of throw out the Yachtis out there because it's just easier for them to produce. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. It's, it's more mo- like I hate that the gatekeepers are not part of the culture. That's that to me is the root of the problem. It's not in the Yachtis existing. Also, just one more thing mm-hmm. that I wanted to point out from uh, the show was Tammy's daughter, actually. Um, Jazz is on there rapping. And one of the things that she brought up, or I just, I run into this thing with, you know, I hate putting artists against each other, but Jazz is on there to rap. And then there's another artist on there named Britney something, mm-hmm. who is also a rapper slash singer. And Jazz kind of hates on her because she just feels Brittany, like... Just Britney, I think. Just Britney. Yeah. It, that's it. So for Jazz, she feels like she's a serious rapper. And then she, uh, Jazz feels like just Britney is like, you know, kind of a joke. Or, or they she's selling more of her body than her actual art and music. Right. So it's kind of like when you talk about the gatekeepers, um, do you feel like sometimes artists, maybe we don't have it viewed properly as well? Because from Jazz's point of view, she's selling her body. But from the gatekeeper's point of view, she might have a sound and a story because when Jazz got up to perform her song, it was boring. But Britney got up to perform her song and it didn't sound the best, but at least she knew what she wanted to do and she had like a vision of where she wanted to go. But see, that's where as an artist, you have to be secure in your talent and your craft. Like you can't be moved necessarily by someone else's rate of success or someone else's anything. Right. Ultimately, Jazz should be happy that the girl is rapping Invisible. They on a show together. Get cool with her. Be right. the girl's friend and support her in what she's doing because if anything, you guys can help each other out. 
yes, it, it is easy to look at that and say, you know what, this hot garbage, this steaming pile of garbage <laughs> is selling like hotcakes. Meanwhile, I know that I'm doing something substantive that can have a long lasting impact and it's not moving as fast. You might have that thought, but do you start then to, I don't know, does she think people are going to look at her now because she's saying that the other girl doesn't deserve it? If anything, it makes you look bitter. It makes you look jealous. And as an inter- for me at least, as an entertainer, there needs to be different types and different levels of entertainment. There needs, just like Fran said, there's a place for everybody. Yeah. So I don't, you know, make certain types of comedy videos, but I tell jokes. So I'm glad that other people that are making videos, you know, in whatever medium they are, are finding huge amounts of success. Good, because it's furthering the art. And a true artist is going to look at it like that beyond... I guess their immediate disdain with the process. You get what I'm saying? And that's something I've actually had to catch myself, like for my own growth. I used to say things like, um, like the girls that be on Instagram with like bikinis and every picture or like little, you know, fashion over dresses. I used to say things like, Oh, well, what I provide is, is someone who tends to be a little more layered and covered up. And I don't necessarily like post pictures of my ass on the sink, like propped up. Like I don't play into that. I used to say things like I want to provide a different option for, for little girls and just women in general that you can be successful covered up just as you can be successful um, in a bikini. But I realized how whack that is because it was me like there's like an underlying tone of like I'm doing something more respectful or better and you know in providing this option it's like I need to show girls that they don't have to prop their ass or sell you know it was a very like elitist sort of strange position to take and I had to kind of grow out of that because the reality is a lot of us be propping our asses at home right. <laughs> on the low or sending pictures to our boyfriend. We just boyfriends. might not have posted ours. We just might not post it on Instagram, but we all got the holy and the hoe in us. And I think, you know, <laughs> it's just the reality. And I have to stop playing into the thing of us being any different. It's just some people choose to be more visible with their holy or more visible with their hoe. But we all have both. We all have the dark. We all have the light. And I had to, like, stop that. I had to stop pitting those two worlds against each other. Now when I see a girl in a bikini, I'd be like, you look fucking amazing. If she does, she does. And if she's making money and killing it and has, you know, 10 million more followers than I do, then so be it. You know what? I'm busting my ass on this and trying to make wellness cool. (laughs) And this is my particular interest in craft. And if I put on a bikini one day or put on, you know, three sweaters and a jacket, it shouldn't matter because this is all I represent. And I think what's instead of trying to pit people against whether it's, oh, this music's stupid or this one has more substance, it's just allowing people to be the range. Even with TV shows like Love and Hip Hop, like I used to make jokes about that too. Like, oh, I don't watch that stuff. But this shit is funny. You know, I'll watch that just like I watch American Gods. Like right. we are complex. You you can do it all. Okay. I just don't believe in being a hater, and you yeah. know, like I and and 
I look at the people who have had long-term, legitimate, consistent success, Mm -hmm. and they are people who have been quite warm, quite embracing, and quite receptive to others. You look at people like Jay-Z, who just had a line on his 444 album where he says, you know, y'all acting like Tupac didn't have a nose ring, too. (laughs) You look at people Mm -hmm. like Snoop Dogg, who is still working, maintained crossover success without, you know, um, compromising his authenticity okay and snoop is consistently working and he's been quite vocal every time he's had a large enough audience or platform saying how we need to uplift these new artists who are doing things in a different way than we may have done them or may even enjoy i just come from the school and the 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 way (laughs) you know what i'm saying where you just don't hate on other people who are doing well there's just no reason for me to tear down someone else who is having success in whatever way that they're having it if they're not hurting anybody else. And so I just could never bring myself to, I just couldn't do that. So I believe in if you're doing good, do good, baby. Get it how you live and enjoy it. When people are happy and doing good, it cuts down on everybody's stress. (laughs) That simple. And like I said, the root is the gatekeepers. The people mm-hmm. who are deciding which one has more value than the other. That's the problem. Exactly. That's the problem to me. The range of, of our experiences and how we express ourselves will never be the problem. It's who's deciding which one of you gets more money for doing that, you know? And then that, because what happens is that encourages mm-hmm. people to not be themselves and to just follow the formula that's making the most money. Then you have a society of formulas and sheep. So that's what I don't support. Word up. <laughs> I, I just really wanted to get a good conversation started with uh, music because I feel I like um, we're young A&Rs and I think outside <laughs> of just making up, you know, outside of me just talking about what I wish would have happened and could have happened and should be, I think it's important to get a lot of these musical conversations started because watching shows like Signed, they're very important and it's important to see that, you know, people are out here working and that they have something to say. And that you just have to focus on what you're trying to say and shape that as opposed to looking to what other people have to offer you and maybe pouring into other people, as a lot of this episode's been about. What channel is that? Uh, VH1. Gotta check it out. Yep. Uh, I think it's uh, three episodes now, maybe four. Cool. But uh, yeah, check it out. The apple don't fall too far from the tree either because Tammy Roman <laughs> just got into a, um, a back and forth spat with that Just Britney girl on Twitter. Well, look at the segue. And because, <laughs> right, and I'm going to tell you why before we get there. Um, Jazz on the show was going at it with this Just Britney girl. And it was kind of like, for me as a, a person that loves music and I want to see people like collaborate a lot of the time, to watch you argue with another artist just because you feel like their stuff might not be of the same substance that's or better. Bullshit. It's like, that's not, you need to be worrying about your your project and what you're doing because if you even want to offer any sort of credit, like, are you trying to make them sound like you or something that appeases you or, or what are you trying to do? Obviously, they have something that they want to say and they have to shape themselves to get there and they're not going to have that help if you just want to insert yourself and try to make yourself seem like, I've got something better to offer you so you can say this so it sounds a way that I like. So I just want to say fuck that and um, move right on over to TV land. <laughs> what you got hey, for everybody. Justin? You know, it really ain't shit coming on TV right now anyway. It's the summertime. What you mean? We outside, whatever. So I uh, did exactly <laughs> that. Okay. So I just want to say that this week I want to talk about Basketball Wives. 
Um, oh, Lord Jesus. The season finale aired. <laughs> Everybody knows that there's been this mm, three quarters of the season long conflict. Not even three quarters, about a half a season long conflict between Evelyn Lozada and Jackie Christie. Um, Jackie Christie says some really crappy things about Evelyn Lozada and her daughter after she took issue with the fact that Evelyn Lozada made a $3,500 donation to um, to uh, Jackie Christie's oldest daughter, Takari Lee's GoFundMe that she posted because her son had experienced a really bad burn accident at his daycare. Mm. Apparently, the relationship between Jackie Christie and her oldest daughter, Takari Lee, who has a different father from her other children with Doug Christie, um, their relationship is extremely strained. Um, apparently, they don't talk. There's been um, there's been allegations of neglect and and emotional abuse, verbal abuse um, from Takari Lee to Jackie, from Jackie Christie rather to her daughter Takari by her daughter Takari. So it's just a really bad situation. And when Evelyn made the donation to the girl um, for the baby's health for the baby's health care. Jackie naturally took issue with that, took it as a slap in the face, and there you have the conflict for the show. So now the conversation has become, oh, well, because Evelyn, Jackie Christie took issue with that. She says something about Evelyn's daughter. Evelyn has refused. Right. She referred to her daughter as a builder. Or mind you, (laughs) Evelyn's daughter is the most unassuming, the most humble, like, She's soft just a really spoken. sweet girl. She's actually nothing like her mom, and I love with Evelyn. Well, I Super soft-spoken, yes. whatever. So Jackie makes this nasty comment, and of course, in Evelyn's eyes, that's the unforgivable sin. You yeah. talked about my kid. You know, it's fuck you for the rest of your life and mine. And so now that that's happened, and Evelyn has now taken that as license to do things like, you know, read an advanced copy of Jackie's daughter's book, you know, and the allegations that she made against Jackie, things like that. Now there's becoming this conversation that, oh, Evelyn's going too far. And, you know, Evelyn's, you know, we got it at first, you know, what Jackie said was wrong, but for you to now talk to her daughter and bring her daughter in on this or go this far, no, you're wrong. And I can see how people may arrive at that, you know, upon first glance. But as you know, you're talking to a person, and in this case, y'all that's listening are listening to a person who is a day one, season one reality television viewer veteran. Okay? Low key, veteran. I'm getting ready to join Credence. the Television Critics Association. I need to because I literally am a television critic. And yeah. and if y'all listening, holler at me. Word up. But I remember what has happened in the past. Jackie Christie has been a part of the Basketball Wives LA franchise since its inception. Um, And back in the early seasons, like season uh, one of Basketball Wives LA, Drea Michelle was cast on the show. She's not on it anymore? No, she left and went on to Grave. She evolved. She graduated to Vogue. Uh, Vogue spreads, appearances, um, a successful rewards. swimwear line. Wow. Yes. Okay. Oh, men's swim is gorgeous. Successful Beautiful. clothing line called Beige and Coco. She celebrates women of all different hues and body shapes. Drea has completely changed her public image. And watching this has been something really um, satisfying to see. But let's go back to where it all started. We all know that Drea has an older son. She just gave birth about two years ago, maybe a year and a half ago, to a baby boy named Drew. 
spelled J R U, which is so cute. With oh, with her, um, yeah, with her fiance Orlando Scandrick, he plays for the Dallas Cowboys. But she also has a third. I believe her son is thirteen now. His name is Nico K N I K O. Cute. She does good with the baby name thing. <laughs> but anyway, um, I guess back in Drea's early days, um, this some kind of way maybe child protective services were called. There was something that happened where her parenting came into question. She was accused of leaving her son at home oh, for I a long time. That. Yeah, and everybody, like, it became this whole thing of let's dog Dre out and drag her parenting. Jackie Christie was one of the main people on that show who was Googling their scenes. You can go back on Hulu and watch all of this. Googling Drea's name, meeting with the other girls on the cast, bringing up arrest records, saying that, you know, Drea's parenting was called into question. And these were the things that actually endeared me to Drea because I watched these girls basically just dog her out over something that happened. There was an incident that took place, and something did happen. But what I also know is that we've seen multiple occasions, multiple times, where Drea has shown herself as a good mother to her children, okay, and to her stepchildren. But at the time, this was when we were getting to know her. And Jackie Christie, Laura Govan, Gloria Govan, um, Imani Showalter, all those women dogged Drea out to the point where they brought this to national television to a platform for millions of people to see every day. Yikes. Okay? And they painted the Drea. people always have the most to hide. They painted her to be an unfit mother to the point where, like, people, like a lot of eyes were on this. Okay? Mm-hmm. So that girl could have lost her son. And so if you think... That I'm about to, and I watched that happen. Jackie is way, Jackie is probably 25 years older than Drea. And I watched this happen, okay? (laughs) If you think I'm about to feel sorry for Jackie because her grown daughter is now telling her truth and saying what she did and everybody's paying Evelyn to be this bad person for highlighting it, no. I will buy Evelyn a pack of big highlighters to continue highlighting this. Because I remember when I saw Jackie Christie do that to Drea. Mm-hmm. I remember when I saw her egg that on. And t- and you remember it was even on um, Twitter. Drea couldn't even tweet for years I remember all without of people bringing up her neglecting her Still, son or whatever sure. to this day. Yeah. So let's just be clear. Jackie Christie ain't shit. She's getting exactly what she deserves. And my heart goes out to that baby that got burned up. She has yet to go see the baby she admitted in a clip of the reunion that airs next week that she don't even know when the baby's birthday is okay but you want to see okay if there's any any updates on him he got he got some of the treatments that he needed but that boy is going to be affected for a quite some time if not the rest of his life yeah. and so to me it's just when i think about the fact that she did all these things that she's now begging for sympathy for and actually kind of asking the public to really like in their heart feel sorry for her she's using all that for to be interesting on television and it's even more disgusting to me now beyond what she actually did because i believe every word her daughter is saying but the fact that i know you don't give a fuck about them talking about your daughter but you're gonna use the viewers um the viewers moral code or their standards where they do feel like it's unforgivable to discuss people's kids you want to play on that for sympathy and to be interesting when you literally made a whole other season out of doing that to somebody else, I just don't have nothing for her. Andrea, 
And Dre at that time was in a position where, like, you know, the incident had happened in the past. So since she's on TV, now you're assuming that she's trying to do better. She's trying to make this money so she can actually provide and do something for her child. Jackie, through the fire of all of this, like, she claims she's been paying for clothes and doing this, but she hasn't gone to see the actual child. Like, you haven't actually tried to make amends or do anything with your daughter. You're attacking other people, saying they're affecting your relationship when you don't really care. You don't. It, it's you like you don't even care. You're if you using really, it for the show. If you really cared, you would not sit up here and argue with Tammy about this. You would actually try to not have any camera time doing this because it affects you so bad and it's an embarrassing situation with you and your daughter. So now that you're get, being ruined, you deserve it. Dre did not deserve what she was getting when she was first on there. Like it, it was that whole thing with bandwagoning back in the day. I That's feel exactly like exactly what like it everybody was. was dragging her on Twitter, and so then now that she's on TV and Jackie's coming for her and dragging her, it was just feed more into that. And so it was kind of like, all right, why well, hate Dre? Because she's a terrible mom anyway. But it's like, okay, well maybe she wasn't the best mom then, but now she's in a completely different space, and you have no way to judge look her parenting how it's in this turned space. Out. Let's just and, look. Look how it's look at what Dre is doing. And look at Laura Govine. Look at what Dre, who's who's in the news every week for something with the father of her kids. Okay, and has there's been all sorts of horrible allegations and scandalous accusations going back and forth. Look at what Jackie Christie is going through right now. Karma is a bitch. It's real. Okay, and so you can't just dog somebody out like that and and judge them for a mistake that you really don't even have all the information about, which is really what I'm doing right now to Jackie, but I don't care because I'm going to do it because she did it to somebody else. Right. <laughs> but you can't do that to nobody. You know what I'm saying? I mean, really, when, when Jackie's sitting up here, she, like, Jackie called Shanice a build-a-whore because she was mad at what Evelyn did for uh, her grandchild, and it's not at any point that, that Evelyn was like, okay, well, yeah, your daughter is X, Y, and Z because that's why you don't even talk to her, huh? Like, she never went back and said, anything like yeah my she may have looked at it as petty for her to pay for the child but you didn't pay the money and i think that evelyn honestly is one of those rich women that like scrolls through amazon and buys a bunch of shit and says let me go to gofundme and give a bunch of money away too to make up for all the shit that i bought and let's be clear if you if you real your whole response to that would have been different if what you're seeking is a moment about it you would have been real and came to evelyn and been like you know what I read that you gave my daughter that money and it pissed me the fuck off. But at the end of the day, no matter if I'm talking to her or not, I love her and I love anything that came out of her. So thank you for helping my grandchild. I don't like how it happened, but thank you. Because what's most important to me, what people need to know is most important to me, is the welfare of that child. That's what Jackie would have done if that's really how she felt. But she didn't. And she, she chose to take seen... it and make it something they argue about for episode after episode after episode. And still hasn't even seen the baby. That's all I wanted to say about this week's TV land is that just don't believe this Jackie Christie hype because it's all BS. She's a terrible person. We've seen this documented, okay, for us all to go back and reference. So don't believe the hype. What was that picture of her I saw on Twitter recently, like, She's like on the floor crawling. <laughs> I have no idea. It could, knowing maybe, her, it could be. That's for a scraper for her career, I guess. <laughs> Who knows? I don't know. Maybe, maybe it was eating. Maybe it was lunch. I don't know. <laughs> and next time on the Basketball Wise reunion, it'll be. Was she wearing like a gold sequins dress, friend? No, it was like supposed to be this like sexual. Oh. She's like oh. on the floor crawling, and then her husband was kind of in the background blurred, but it looked like he had a whip. 
I don't know. Maybe I wish he would have used it. <laughs> Maybe it wasn't real. Tone her ass up. She need a whooping. That's what she need. <laughs> oh no. <laughs> That's <Wow>. it. <laughs> now we move on to what you guys have sent to us and what you guys want to talk about. What you got for us this week, Asante? Don't forget to email us as per usual at the friendzone at loudspeakersnetwork.com. And to get this started, I would like to give an update from the young lady that was in the middle of her career and her cousin or whoever, her her family member got the job. Remember her family member was yes. up? Yes. Mm-hmm. Last uh, week? Yep. Yeah. So she gave an update. Thank you for taking the time out to respond to my email. After listening to your feedback, expecting you all to be on my side, I was surprised, but thankful you all advised me to check myself. So I did and discovered some of the root of my issue, my need for validation at that this cousin and I used to be extremely close and we grew apart over the years. And now our only interactions were as I described before. See, so that's why. So her cousin had all this information about her job and she'd been talking to her because y'all was close as hell. And then I guess after y'all grew apart, she still ain't cared about the job. Okay. Um, I'm happy to report she ended up being hired on the spot and we now interact a little more. I also had the discussion about my reputation. And since she mentioned my name in the interview and she assured me she would hold it up. So thanks again. That's wonderful Aww, to hear. I love hearing so that. Happy. Thank you for being Yay. open to what we said. Yes. Right. And That's having dope. a conversation with your cousin so you just know that all it needed all you needed was a little combo. Cuz I know checking yourself isn't easy, but mm-hmm. it's helpful. It is. And for this week's email, uh the subject is asking for a friend cuz I need one. <laughs> hey guys, I have a good job, kids, a man, goals, etc. Throughout my 31, almost 32 years on this earth, I've had this one issue. I can never seem to keep or maintain friendships with anyone. Mm. I don't think that I'm a bad friend. However, I think that I kind of choose the wrong friend. I kind of think I kind of choose the wrong friend just to have a friend. When I was a kid, it seemed like everybody graduated toward or gravitated, excuse me, towards my older brother. So since then, it seems like a lot of the friendships that I've had have been with either A, girls that like my brother, B, girls that have dated with, dated or slept with my brother, excuse me, or C, gay men. Options A and B. <laughs> <laughs> options A and B have not been successful because, is down. because they chose my brother <laughs> over me because it's dick. Duh. I've been exploring option so she C. Somebody else that would do the same thing. <laughs> Look, I've been exploring option C lately, but my last uh, GBF, gay best friend, went ghost on me after seven years of friendship. This ghost move has kind of left me sad and lonely. Keisha Cole voice. <laughs> I like hanging with my man, but I'm feeling desperate for an outlet. We had a recent layoff at work, so I haven't had luck with finding friends there. I tried to go out alone, but I'm not really a social butterfly. I'm more of a speak when spoken to kind of girl. So what things or places or do you guys suggest for meeting new friends? Thanks. <laughs> that's what it's I don't think that that's the real question here. But 
Do you want to answer that question? Do you think I that, really don't. Okay, what do you think the real question is here? Because I I really feel like it's why can't I keep no friends, which I don't necessarily know I'm equipped to ask or answer. I just think she's going about this a way that is not yielding the results that she wants. Agreed. I think that um She's friendship, collecting people. Yeah. Friendship is way more organic than that, and it's not anything you can really force. So let's start there. I think we need to just wait, wait, fixate. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> and reset the whole mission. Like, this is not how it works. And you need to get out of your head. I think you're kind of overthinking all of this. Just concentrate on yourself. We talk about this all the time. The more interest that you pour into yourself, you'll find yourself in spaces with like-minded individuals where it may be a little easier to form that kind of connection that can lead to a friendship. So that's my advice. I love it. Yeah, I mean, I agree. It sounds like you're just, like, I mean, you said it yourself. You don't really pick them uh, because they feel good you pick them because you just want friends and like Dustin said I think the process of friendship should be at least obviously it's not for everyone but it should be organic if you want it to be long lasting I would suggest looking at the things you genuinely enjoy to do enjoy to do is that English? Enjoy. They My- know what the hell you mean. <laughs> shit. You know what to do. <laughs> I know what to do. <laughs> the things you genuinely enjoy doing, you know, whether it's like yoga classes or art classes or acting or oral. going for walks. Did you say oral? <laughs> <laughs> The things you love to do. But just, you know, I think that's the best way to create organic connections if you're genuinely doing something you like and happen to meet someone who's genuinely enjoying it as well. Now you guys have something in common. You can do it together. You know, like, it should be more intentional. I agree. Intentional in a way that feels good, though, not just in a collection of people. How you Absolutely. gonna have a gay best friend? What the, what kind of and what then is a that GBF. shit? Her GBF of seven years, ghosting her ass. Listen, Sharice Jackson Jordan oh, from Housewives Lord. of Potomac. <laughs> it don't work like that. Okay, you don't have a gay best friend. I um. <laughs> That's another episode. That's episode one hundred and three. You know what? Pin we that. do need yeah. to do an episode on that. I don't want to just say that I think that you a bad friend, but maybe you are a bad friend. <laughs> Because the fact that you said that you can't keep or maintain any friendships, but then you also, towards the end, you said, I'm more of a speak when spoken to kind of girl. In my mind, I'm like, maybe you're just not following back up in these friendships. Maybe you actually aren't even really investing in these friendships. And I think that if you're not, you know, the theme of this episode, if you're not pouring into people, you know, that's probably why they're up and leaving. They're like, all right, well, homegirl ain't check on me today. And I guess because she got her husband and kids, she thinks she didn't have to, but, you know, we're supposed to be friends, so I'm out here for my friends so maybe you might be lacking in some areas so maybe you should do like a little checklist with yourself like not about what you're doing for other people but what other people are doing for you and how that makes you feel like if you feel like oh like uh keisha she texts me every morning that is so nice to her like let me uh, do the initiative and text her because she ain't text me today as opposed to being like keisha ain't text me today she's been texting me every morning she acting funny like sometimes you just have to take those extra steps when you have friends and maybe the way you you know, lacking those areas, you might be losing people and not realizing it. So just step outside of yourself. Don't think about it too much and act natural. 
do what feels good, like Fran was saying. Maybe she <laughs> needs to get some lone deodorant. Have your Holly Berry <laughs> moment. Maybe it's that deodorant. Oh my God. Have your Holly Berry moment. <laughs> I put a little charcoal, activated charcoal in that toothpaste, girl. Oh Brush my that God. tongue with some activated no. charcoal. That <laughs> might be what it is. Up. Try try it instead of extra, girl. <laughs> I don't know. It's, you know, it might be time for some changes. I don't know. Dirty mouth. Right, okay. You lint liquor. <laughs> you lint liquor. Who are you calling a cootie clean? You lint liquor. Okay. <laughs> Maybe it's time to clean that dirty mouth with Orbit. Shit. I don't know. I'm done. <laughs> Shit. Okay. Liquor. Yo. Cootie queen. Yeah. That, that was one of the best commercials. It was. When it, came out. it was the best one until Vanilla. So good. So good. So good. So good. Just bodied the commercial scene, okay? Well, with that, with all of that <laughs> being said and sung. Let's move on to the Black Benny of the Week. Let's do it. Hope so, it helps you, girl. <laughs> so a young lady on Twitter. A young tender? A young tender by the name of Alessia versus Carl. world oh, I'm about to say. no you didn't where is she by the way growing up maybe. singing in the background <laughs> <laughs> um that's at a-l-e-s-i-a-v-s world she put out what she calls a mental health planner yes. and it's very cool because it's an instant download from her etsy shop her etsy shop is called Lil Black Lamb Prince, L-I-L, Black Lamb Prince. And basically what she says about this planner is that it's the ultimate self-care planner. Uh, it helps you track your sleep. It helps you track your target, your triggers, excuse me, which I thought was really interesting. I'm like, wow, a planner that helps you keep track of your triggers. So cool what? because the more you see them, the more you can work on them. And get them the fuck out the way. That's right. So I'm so here for that. And when we think of planners, we think of our schedules. Trapper keepers. Right. We think of our schedules. We think of our month, our year. But I love that she's like, okay, but make time for your mental hygiene within that schedule. Love it. Very important. Super cute. It's uh, floral. It's like I said, it's printable. And it costs $13.50. This is obviously a young lady. It's a very cute uh, black business that I think you, su- you should support. She has sections for self-reflection. And she says, hold on. I like this. Me right? too. Isn't I think this so is a cute? great idea. And look at it. It's really cute. Oh, yeah. Mm-hmm. Oh. Mm-hmm. And the, the cover says, self-care is not an option. And I love that. So I think you guys should definitely support her. Of course, I will have that link so that you guys can download it. And it's just really cool. And I love that you can just download it because that means I'm sure the download is available if you need to, like, reprint it. Or maybe not. I was going to say because then people would print it for their friends. (laughs) But after we just talked about don't be doing that. Right. Right. No double dipping. (laughs) Punk. Right. Because I was like, if you need extra pages. or But I just think it's a very cool concept. Great idea. I hope that she gets the funding through people supporting her. For her to create actual um, mental health planners that are like, you know, the actual booklets. 
that she can sell. Like, it's a great concept. Great, yes. great What'd concept. you say her name was again? Alessia versus World. And it was Lil, what was it? Oh, the, the actual lamb. Etsy the shop actual is Etsy shop. Lil Black Lamb Prince. So it sounds like when Kimberly Jones is wearing Gwen Stefani's clothing line. <laughs> oh my God. <laughs> really? So good. So good. So good. And her, her she has a tweet. Uh, p- the actual tweet that's pinned to her Twitter when you go to her account says, My self care planner with a trigger tracker. Routine pages, writing prompts, mood chart, medication tracker, and so much more. So definitely support her. I think yes. it's an Great awesome, awesome it. black business. And, you know, picking back off of the update that we got from the young lady saying the therapy for black girls and how many yes, people Naya. actually, mm-hmm. you know, felt compelled to call therapists. So I think this would be a good accompaniment to that work that you're doing with your therapist to keep track of your mood and your triggers and the mental hygiene self-care planner. Something to check out. Black Salutely. Shout out to Alessia for the awesome, awesome creation and contribution to the ecosystem. What a resource. (laughs) So that's it for this week's show, you guys. Do you have any church announcements before we get out of here? Sure do. Don't forget to get those tickets at thefriendzonelive.com. Our live show, August 19th here in New York City, which will now be hosted by none other than Kid Fury and Crystal of the Reed. Yes. So good. So good. Say it like Kirk Franklin. So good. So good. Yes. Oh my God. I'm very excited about that. We cannot wait to see your faces in New York. So don't forget the friendzonelive.com. That's where you can get those tickets. And that's also where you'll be able to find tickets for our upcoming shows that we will be announcing soon and Yay. very soon. Yes. yes. And wait till you guys see the new merch. Oh, oh my yes. God. Ah, yes, we're going to figure out a way to get it online. I already saw Barry going in. <laughs> how she hates the that podcasts only have merch at the live shows. Listen, it's a lot to figure out when you're shipping shit, girl. Okay. We're trying, we're Hustling. trying. Yeah. We want to make sure we're doing it right. Okay? Right. We like, just got we're gonna we're gonna figure it out. That's but, right, yeah. strawberry. Strawberry. <laughs> <laughs> Rasp Barry. <laughs> Feeling a little blue berry. Okay. No. <laughs> Boysen berry. Okay. <laughs> That's us, Look. boys and berry. <laughs> Twigs and <Okay>. berries. berries. <laughs> what you put in your hair juices and, and berries, berries. <laughs> okay yeah uh. <laughs> I just wanna yeah so the <laughs> that would forever be funny that was good uh, oh I have friendzonelive.com thefriendzonelive.com come out and see us all um unfortunately I will not be attending Afropunk this year no. because as as hosted by The Reed, Kid Fury will be hosting his 305 Live in Los Angeles, and it's going to be a pool party. So come out and see me and Fury at Sunday, August 27th at 2 p.m., the 305 Live Los Angeles pool party, okay? That's going to be lit. Come out, show so out. Fun. Tickets are sale, on sale at KidFuryLive.com. Get you one, and I will have that one. If you are a zaddy, don't be afraid to approach me. <laughs> and for me, uh, New Orleans, you're next up on my wellness tour. No, the 
I I know that you guys have been dealing with some flooding. I'm so sorry for those of you who've been affected by it. You know we love your city so, 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 so much. So I'm sending all my love and energy and support to those of you. We're still coming. We will be there this weekend. That's uh, Saturday, August 12th. It's already sold out. I'm sorry. You guys know the tour has been sold out since February. Because people Forever. are like, when can I get tickets? Right? Forever. <laughs> um, but I'm so excited to see you guys. I will be there. I'm actually headed out uh, Thursday morning. Yes. So I'll be there a couple days early. You probably see me on the street. Hey. <laughs> but I will talk to you because I fuck with you. <laughs> so Unless yeah. you put your hand up on your hip. Because I put my hand up on, on my hip. I bet you dip, she dip, she dip. Look, hey. I like my money. Never mind. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, but yeah, that's it for me, and that's it for you guys. That's, that's it, it for so now. We did it right for now. Uh oh, there's okay. that smirk. For there's now. that smirk. <laughs> and we always available for bookings internationally. <laughs> <Right>. <laughs> okay. So that's it for us. As always, we thank you so much for listening. We hope you enjoyed the show, and we will see you next week. Stay black and protect your magic. Bye. Want the same expert advice you get from the pros in the store while shopping online at DiscountTire.com? Meet Treadwell, your personal online tire guide that matches you with the perfect tire for your vehicle. Get your best match in one minute or less with Treadwell by Discount Tire.